What's going on, Radio Frist Van listeners? Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to point you guys in the direction of the NovaOpenFoundation.org. Uh, they have a charity raffle that's going on right now. There's multiple 30K armies on there, and all of the proceeds for the Nova Open charity summer raffle uh, will go to Doctors Without Borders, uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and the Fisher House Foundation. Uh, so you can sign up for these raffles. There's eight incredible armies. There's 30K Iron Warriors Army, a 30K World Leaders Army. If you're a listener and you also play 40K, there's also a Death Watch Army, an Ultramarines Army in 40K. Uh, there's a Horde Trollkin Army, Infinity Yujing, and a Star Wars Legion and Star Wars X-Wing Scum Villainy. Uh, there's also uh, some incredible models, single models that you can win. You can win a 30K Garo. You can win a uh, 40K Blood Angel versus Death Guard Diorama. 40K Mortarion is a whole number of things. But the big, 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 big ultimate prize in this one is a Warlord Titan. And it's a full-fledged painted Warlord Titan. It is gorgeous. You'll see some pictures posted up with this episode on our Facebook page. Uh, it is fantastic. It's called Solar Mortis. It's from the Legio Furians. And it is painted and donated by John Steinberg. Uh, so this thing is the crispest yellow you've ever seen, man. So go check that out. You can uh, sign up sign up for the raffle. You don't have to be there to win. Uh, so you can go ahead and get those raffle tickets, buy and forget, and who knows, maybe you'll be getting a call telling them to come pick up your brand new Warlord Titan. So go check that out, NovaOpenFoundation.org. So go give them a check out, and uh, we'll let you get back to the show. Thank you. This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces stay away from Istvan 5. The fort's flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 109 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host, powerful Derek here. Go and say what's going on, Derek. Here I am, rock you like a hurricane. We also got powerful Scott. You're going to see what's going on, Scott. Just really excited to be doing this Cult of Militia review finally, man. I mean, it's good to want to get out of the way, and I know people have been uh, pretty excited for it, bro. Yeah, yeah, they're all looking forward to it. We also got powerful Ryan. You're going to see what's going on, Ryan. What's happening? Trying not to shit my pants. <laughs> oh, chicken nachos, boys. So daily like, shrugs. <laughs> man, should we out out Jake Bussy for being a casual pants shitter? I mean, he said that in the confidence of the Wolf Slayer chat. I don't know if he wanted anyone to know, but he did have quite a few episodes of adults pants shitting. But I don't know if we should talk about that on the podcast or not. So let's not talk about Jake Bussy shitting his pants several times as an adult. Jake Bussy shits his pants, folks. Yeah, I think we should probably. Just no, 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 no. We can't. No, we can't talk about that, Scott. Yeah, let's just oh. let's just. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, let's just back burner the talk so about Jake Bussy shit in his pants. About Jake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Powerful Jake Bussy from Covenant of Fire, allegedly. Yeah. No. His pants. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, you're right. Nope. Yeah. Almost, no. We there. I went. I almost talked about him shit in his pants. We almost so. slipped. We almost slipped up talking about Jake shit in his pants, but we didn't. We're good. Let's move on before somebody slips up. Okay. Good call, guys. <laughs> good good call. 
So, welcome to episode 108, fellas. We got a pretty nice episode for you. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different episode. Uh, normally, when we're doing these Legion review shows, we uh, we kind of don't read your emails, we don't listen to your voicemails, everything like that. Uh, so we won't be doing any of that today. We'll be doing the good old fashioned uh, hobby hobby talk at the beginning, and then we're just going to go straight into Legion review. So we're going to go over some of the history of the Primark and the Legion stuff like that. Uh, we're going to go over some of their special rules. Then we're going to go over their special units. Then we're going to go over their special Rod of Wars. And last but not least, we'll talk about some Rod of Wars that seem like they'd be good for the uh, the World Eaters militia. Though they'd be good for the militia. And uh, even though militia don't have Rod of Wars or Primarchs, so looks like the jig is up. <laughs> Guess we'll just talk about can't even do one instead. email. I got one of my favorite emails. Somebody emailed in and said, "If we were to play a game, and we had a Primarch duel between Vulcan and Magnus, who would win?" And I emailed him back, and I just said, "Magnus," and then he emailed back and said, "Thanks for the response," and that was it. <laughs> that was a real a life situation. Conversation. Yes, it was very great. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the day and age that we're in at this point, where you can ask somebody across the globe, "What's who the over under?" Who would win in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> Not, but just so that person knows, I don't have their name in front of me because I don't have pulled up. Well, I'll actually when we when we do emails, I just brought that one up because it was funny and it was short. Uh, when we do do emails, whether it's next episode, whatever, <laughs> I'll go in. <laughs> what? No, they said doo doo. are we thinking about jake again never mind anyway so uh when we get around to those emails i'll give a more uh i don't know dynamic answer as to why that would occur and possible situations that could arise that would why that would work out that way sounds good sounds good to me rock and roll so let's get this hobby progress out of the way. Who wants to start? I'll kick it off. Scott. So, oh. Derek. Boom. Fucking okay. Iron Hand Volkai Charger Squad. So I painted 10 dudes with Volkai Chargers to put in a Land Raider Proteus because it was the only really cheap squad I could total down to eight men and put it into a into a Land Raider so I can get re-rolls on my reserves so my fucking Vindicators stop waiting until turn four to come in. So, hey, there's that. And I have those models. I know they're not very good, but I just want to play them. So I fucking paint them, put them together. Yeah. And you should break a... them off and put plasma guns in there because you get to infiltrate that fucking, or you get to scout that uh, fucking land raider when you put Ooh. that array on there. So you could have, you could move it up 12 and then go turn one and move another six and then get out six, be 24 inches up the board, and then fucking be double tapping somebody with eight plasma guns. Ooh, that is a good idea. I might have to fucking do some damage on this guy. <laughs> Plasma guns on. But uh, that's about it, man. I haven't really done a lot else. I sent you guys the pictures of that shit, but I didn't post them up just because it's only one 10-man squad. So, um, Other than that, man, that's about it. I like this episode because I'm a fucking World Eaters player. So there you have it. So we're doing militia. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So my turn. Jump in. Uh, some of the last squad I've got, I've got about half of them line highlighted. That's great, and... Derek. What'd you do, Michael? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. Go ahead. 
they're salty at you for like <laughs> leaving the podcast for you know forever and hey, then just jumping back in and not giving us any funny. explanation. Oh, I, I was what? doing a little mental math the other day, and I was thinking back. And Derek, you've been on the episode about a year now, right? Mm-hmm. How many Something armies like have you fully completed in said calendar year? Uh, define fully completed. <laughs> well, I'm going to take it from the top. I've done, oh, let's see, Iron Warriors. I've done about 50 points of Iron Heads, about 6,000 points of World Theaters. I've raised a child and gone to school full-time, you son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare you? That's why I'm not a closer. Never closer. Hey, trained up Muay Thai. He did train on Muay Thai as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it unrelated. I get my ACL reconstructed tomorrow <laughs> or Tuesday. <laughs> so <laughs> it's God's like, and I had time to go to Vegas, and and right up the sick <laughs> and do, do a lot. I was Vegas, by the way. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! I'll I'll give like a a more in depth rundown on an episode where we have like a lot of time. But oh my god. Uh, yeah. So did y'all like? I mean, did I you legitimately miss Stephen and Freddie the Swede there? Like, oh uh, yeah, there I did. A week, By a fucking week, dude. By one week. If I'd have known they were going, I would have just rescheduled my vacation for this week instead of last week. We like, could have all done illicit substances together, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I just see everybody like taking pictures of like Caesar Palace. I'm like, wait. Did you just miss Scott? Like, and then, like, was Freddie in Las Vegas or was that an old picture? I don't know, man. Freddie is a man of the world. Tough to say where he is at any one time. Freddie went to Vegas last year. He stayed at Caesar's Palace last year, so I have a feeling it that was, was old last picture. year. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. But you definitely missed I know out. Powerful Stephen Steven. Hillman was just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We keep calling him Stephen. It's Stefan. Stefan. Stefan Hill. The old Stefan Struve Hillman. Sorry, Stefan. Old Stefan. <laughs> so Michael started it by calling Fez you Stephen, then I just fucked go along. And then after about three times of calling you Stephen, I'm like, wait, it's Stefan. Michael fucked me up again. <laughs> so I'm blaming him. <laughs> Stefan Iron Hands Hillman. So anyway. He plays Thousand Sons. But he had that iron hand that looked just like him in that one picture. Oh, nice. yeah. Exactly like him. Like identical. One hundred percent. With a, we even put the fess hat on there for him. Did Derek ever finish his hobby progress, or we just keep oh, interrupting? I assume y'all don't care about everything else I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you were going to explain what happened <laughs> to why you weren't here. <laughs> oh, uh, so I just got off work that day and went home, took a nap, and then woke up at like midnight. That's you know, <laughs> classic, classic Derek. <laughs> <laughs> You could have at least lied and said you got drunk and did some night flying. <laughs> like Chase's grandpappy. <laughs> it is what it is. And what it is is not that interesting. Night flying. I don't even I love drink. That term. I think that's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, time to do a little night flying. But no, work's just been stupid because uh, I got inventory coming up. But after next weekend, it should go back to pseudo normal, hopefully. I can get some fucking work done. Hell yeah, man. I'm super excited to have my hobby buddy back. Super excited to have you back. 
to hobby and and being buddies and <laughs> well i got my lightning in the other room i can go get it if you want yeah we'll work on that later so yeah so derek brought his badass painted lightning over pretty good time night lord family yeah is it a lightning with lightning on it oh, not yeah. yet i don't <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I want to do the lightning, how it's going to interact with the weathering I want to do on it. Uh, so I need to, like, do some tests on that, figure out the, like, ratio I'm trying to go for. Because I've never done a flyer before. Like, I got out of you, 40K before they started introducing a whole bunch of it. So are you going to do, like, those, um, are you doing this for your Night Lords? Yeah. Are you going to do the lightning first before the weathering or the the lightning after you do the weathering? Well, I've already started the weathering, so... Probably Lightning somewhere between the two. Okay, right. I don't know. I've always wondered that because I've I've seen a lot of Night Lords armies, and I wonder what would look better. I I think I've come to the conclusion that maybe putting weathering over the lightning would make more sense because the lightning's like photo projected onto the armor, right? No, the the lightning is actual real lightning that they put on that it like dances over the surface of the armor. Oh, so on, would that go over on the top that fluff? Of so it depends on if you say the lightning is painted on, it would obviously just weather like the rest of all the paint. If you're right. going off the fluff that it's an actual like fucking weird thing that projects lightning on the armor, which to me seems ridiculous. It's a <laughs> lot of fucking effort and technology to have yeah, tits, to look like fucking they've watched. Way too much Dragon Ball Z. Um, there's like a there's like a Night Lord IT We've gotta guy. Make ourselves more scary. You're seven feet tall in space armor and on on all the steroids. You're fucking scary, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We go, you're good. Yeah. Man. I just I you're, I picture like some Night Lord IT guy who like like his phone rings. It's like hello. Uh, my lightning stopped working. Oh. Okay. Yeah. What uh? What'd you do? Like what? Like, are you in water? Have you tried turning it off and on again? Are you are you in water? No. no Go ahead and flip. Know he'd have an Indian accent and be like, "Hello, <laughs> this is David." <laughs> like your name's not David, sir. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> not calling me from Tampa. <laughs> like, it was, oh my god. Hold on. Well, I picture like like an old metal like like a roadie. Like dude. I'm gonna get the projector set up. It's gonna set up like dancing lightning across the across the power armor. It's gonna be fucking badass, <laughs> dude. I just imagine just <laughs> yeah. We're uh, so we're about to go into this city. We're about to take it over, and uh, my lightning stopped working. Yeah. Thank you for calling Nightlord Tech Support. <laughs> <It's off. laughs> have you tried turning it on and off again? Of of course I have. That's that's what we all do. One second, sir. <laughs> he's like leading over to cemetery he's like on hold <laughs> yeah anyway it's, it's 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 goofy as shit so like if I ever did Night Lords the lightning would just be painted on the fucking armor I don't know whoever came up with that fluff but they took it like eight steps beyond where they should have yeah I just don't have any frame of reference on flyers but I was going to throw it at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it'll look good whatever you do. I think most people just assume it's painted on. Except for I the thought. few yeah. people that know it like Ryan does. Or I thought it was maybe no like, like a holographic effect on the armor itself. that just Like the way the light hits it a certain way. 
makes it look like lightning's dancing across it. Yeah, I definitely didn't know it was real lightning. So, neat. Super badass. I put together uh, 15 breachers that need to get painted up, and I'm a little bit worried how I'm going to do it because I assembled them fully, which I told myself I wouldn't do, but to save time, I did it because I have 10 breachers that are already put together that have the Pop Goes the Monkey shield, which I love me some Pop Goes the Monkey, but damn, are those shields hard to work with compared to like normal shields that come on breachers. So they have the they have the hand like uh, molded on, right? Yeah, hands molded on. And so if you're using Mark III armor, you've got to chop it like here, which is like you know halfway across the forearm, halfway across the forearm, and then like it's got to lean back, and then you've got to like make the other arm so the gun goes through the hole, and not all of them. It's just it's a lot of fucking work. Whereas the other ones just have that little like cut where you can just like lay the bolter on top of it and get you dudes all all good to go so yeah, those are my really least important. favorite breacher shields though i like yeah. i even i like the old forge world ones the best i think the, like the roman Mark tower shield looking, looking ones. ones yeah yeah i guess those are the best looking ones i do i do like those too that that's actually the pop goes the monkey's style it just mine just have imperial fist logos on them um i was going to i was actually wondering if i should Paint, uh, like, okay, so I've gotten really deep into this whole, like, military weathering thing, so, like, pretty much everything I've been painting here recently has been, like, rust first, hairspray, color, and then, like, hairspray technique, everything. Every edge, every corner I've been doing, uh, unfortunately, I haven't done that to any of my Imperial Fists, so, like, I'm wondering if, like, maybe I should start now. Like maybe I should have like that rust color and then like let that shine through all the corners and all that stuff and just like go to town on it. Or if I should like hold off and like, I don't know. If you, how, if you don't have a whole lot of it done, you can still do that on those and then just go back on the ones you've already done and just do sponge weathering. Cause it's good. It looks pretty similar. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to have to do is just go through with that rust color for sponge weathering. Uh, I painted yep. up a lot of tan vehicles for rust I'm sorry, dust, and, uh, like, that rust color to tan is, like, striking. Like, it's, like, so, like, visible. And so I'm thinking rust color with that yellow I've been using is going to be, like, really striking as well. The only thing is I don't know at what point I'm supposed to start chipping because my yellow is three, like, three colors. So... We'll have to find out. I'm going to have to play with it at least on one model first. So we'll find out. But, yeah, I'm ready to go to town. And then, oh, of course, decals, man. I got man. an idea on that. What's up? The fucking chipping step. So in that Horse Heresy Masterclass book, whatever your brightest layer of yellow is, you do the chipping of that bright yellow on the mid-tone highlight, so your middle yellow. Okay, oh, so it's Averland Sunset's the base followed up by uh, Golden Yellow. So Golden Yellow is my highest highlight. I'm what I'm talking about. So maybe that will be more clear than me. I'm pretty sure. He's but... he's talking about the rust like all the way at the bottom layer. Oh, I know. So yeah, basically it would be rust, hairspray, white, Averland Sunset, and Golden Yellow. 
No, no, it would be, I'm sorry, it would be Rust, Hairspray, Avril and Sunset, White, then uh, the filter of golden yellow over everything. Yep, and then you would chip it off. And then chip that shit off. Yeah. Yep. So, I'm going to try one. I'm going to try one extremely weathered, um, extremely weathered breacher and see how that goes. And then I definitely want to get into the business of chipping the shit out of my shields and seeing like I really want to mess up some of the decals that I put on the shield. I'm going to try and put a decal on every shield like cuz it's got all that real estate to put them on and chip the shit out of them. I'll that, go to town. It's easiest to chip decals with sponging. Yeah. See what I did. So what you would do there, you're putting the decal, your your what's your brightest color? Golden the yellow. Last yellow. So what what I would do is take the golden yellow and do chipping on the shield where it looks like it's just chipped down to that color paint and then go over it a second time with your like rust color where you get multiple layers of chipping. Okay. So basically you get like, what I'm saying? It, instead of hitting it up with golden yellow, hit it up with Avalon Sunset or either way, just use a yellow. One of the yellows that you've used on the model, sponge that on the model, like all, just over the decal. Oh, okay. You're telling me to golden yellow over the decal. Yes, with a sponge yeah. a yeah, little bit okay. where it looks like it's chipped through just to the yellow and then go over that again with your rust color and it looks like you get multiple layers of chipping. Like you have some that are chipped down to just the paint, like where they've painted over the yellow with whatever's the, de- the decal is supposed to represent. And you're chipped down to the layer of yellow, and then and then some have went deep enough to chip down to the rest. I thought I thought I had one of my trucks with me. No, I don't. I was going to show you what what I've been doing because I've been actually using like the hairspray technique. But you know, I could just not do the hairspray technique and then just because I've been doing a ton and a ton of sponge weathering here. So yep, yep. You can go to town with that. But yeah, that's what I've been working on. It's a good time. Uh, we got, I think we talked about this last week. We got the board for the wall table painted up. We used probably the simplest method to paint it up. We uh, went Mornfang Brown Games Workshop spray, followed up by Taller. No, what's that? Tan? Taller and Sand? It might be Talon sand. I don't know. Whatever sand color is, we just like dusted out all the board. It's that secret weapon miniatures board that we're going to be using for the wall table for Heresy Camp. So we finally got that all painted up. Yes. Like not this week, but the week before. I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast, but she's she's good to go. I actually kind of want to play on it. One thing that I do need to go through is add some like water effects to it and paint the rocks like Ryan does. <clears throat> looks good right now but you know gotta paint the rocks because you need a trooper mic to help you paint yep. rocks we do we need do a need a trooper mic around to paint the export trooper mic to texas yep uh but yeah man that's what i've been working on playing a whole bunch of dust as well <laughs> if i if i'm being honest just like y'all are playing BattleTech. Uh, we got Warzone Houston next week, so I'm super excited about that. I'm going to take my sisters to go. Um, it's a narrative event, 
So I'm really, really hoping that somebody's running Magnus and Thousand Suns, even though like no event I've played in with my sisters have had a Magnus running around that like was game to go. So I'm just hoping that that happens. So we'll see. I'll keep you all updated. That'll be next Saturday and Sunday. Look at her. She's having a conniption. Hey. I, for some Sorry. reason, when you said you're taking your sisters, I thought you were talking about your actual physical sisters. I was <laughs> like, uh, what? Okay. <laughs> I was like, cool, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? No, sisters of silence. Taking them bad girls. Uh, basically taking my Adepticon list, and we're going to see how it goes. Should be fun. So, anyway, looking forward to that. Pathway to Terra. What else we got? What else we want to talk about? You want to talk about the possibility of the new knights coming to Horse Heresy? Oh, they confirmed it. So, yeah, they sure did. The what? So all you, they confirmed that they're coming. They confirmed that Horse Heresy is going to get Armagers and the Valiants and Dominance? Dominance Chassis. Yeah. So... Including some additional Forge World variants. Is that the big G.I. Joe looking one with like three times more guns than it needs? Oh, absolutely. What's super cool about that, it's not actual the Games Workshop version of it. Taro Model Maker. So we're we're such a capitalist society right now (laughs) because we have Taro Model Maker on one side and then you have Comrade Quiche on the other. And like when it was just Comrade Quiche, man... He'd, he'd trickle out. He'd, like, trickle out these upgrades, and you'd get excited, and you'd be like, oh, cool, man. Comrade Quiche released some upgrades, and here it is, and bam, bam, bam. Well, then Taro Model Maker shows up, and he's like, I'm super excited about this. I'm going to release arms. So now it's this, like, weird thing where, like, they're on the low competing with each other, and so they're, like, both, like, bam, release, release, release. As soon as a new knight drops, it's bam, 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 like, just unloading, like, like arms here's arm new arms that you haven't seen yet here's new heads you haven't seen yet here's like and it's just like this it's this insane third party like competition going on arms race man it's arms race like literal arms race but what's so cool about these valiant like chassis and all this stuff the dominus the dominus pattern i'm sorry dominus chassis like it's it's dominus right like it's like that is the chassis of the big or the the more guns knight. So like what Questorus would be and Serastus, this is Dominus. Yes. Okay, cool. Just had to, I, I have not done any research in these. The Castellan and the Valiant. Valiant are the are the variants. Cool. Rock and roll. So yeah, so like immediately within like two weeks of these things being out, we've already got upgrade arms for both of them. We have straight up like torso pivots for them that Taro Model Maker has made. Or, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Made. No. Gadget Plus. That's Comrade Quiche made the torso pivot. So Comrade Quiche made this thing so you could pose the knight's, pose the knight's torso. Well, it's also supposed to make it a little bigger because otherwise it's only you know half an inch taller than the regular knight. Yeah, it definitely raises it. And then he's making armor plates for the front of that. And so you can you can go ahead and print up or have printed for you the torso bit, which makes it taller. You can print up from him a exterminate. What is that called? Was what that photon collider? Oh, that's okay. So that's for one of the newer knights they put into 40k. Yeah, it's a variant that has like a a laser kind of weapon. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Either way, so 
Comrade Quiche goes to town. He makes this thing that makes the torso taller and makes it poseable. Well, Taro Model Maker comes in, and he makes these knees for the for the knights. Like, he makes a knee replacement with armor, with an armor cap that goes over the knees so you can pose the legs. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's I such, think that also makes it a little bigger, too. It does, like, you would ha- like, you would basically have, like, a Porphyrin-sized knight when it's all said and done. It would be, like, shack of knights. <laughs> like, it's so wild. Like, it's... Like, I... The freaking, the freaking, what do you call it, man? The, the damn, uh, the, just the upgrades you can have. Like they're like a week after release, man. Just people going to town, getting stuff 3D printed, man. I love, I love the age of technology that we're in. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like Blood and Skulls Industries tracks on Land Raiders. Like if you see one without the uh without the tracks wrapping around it doesn't quite look right i feel like that's what's going to happen to these dominus chassis uh dominus chassis knights like if you don't have the 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 middle torso piece to extend it up and if you don't have the knees to make it taller then it just it's just not going to look right it's not going to look good so yeah people found out they used some uh clever photo manipulation to make the dominus look like it's way bigger than the uh than the Equestorus class. Yeah, like the... Turns out it's not. Like the whole, uh, what's it called? Like holding the fish close to the camera whenever you're taking the picture. <laughs> like you hold it real far in front of you. Look how big this knight is. Wait a minute. Perspective, yeah. So. But anyway, look at this knight, dude. I'm, I'm just on freaking Taro Model Maker's page right now. Oh, and yeah. That, like that is like the coolest knight ever. Look at this. He's got a big old... Oh, yeah, you're up here now. He's got a big old like massive couple axes, big old chain axe and just a big old regular yeah. axe. <laughs> just so cool, man. Yeah, it's wild. Man, I love where we're at in the hobby right now as far as third party bits. It's the future. It's the fucking future. So Put yeah, in a big Forge World order. Oh, did you now? Yeah. What'd you order? Spartan. Ten more Dathan. Oh, Rhino. Um, two sheets of uh, Raven Guard decals. Um, ten of the uh, heavy sport guys. I'm gonna build my last cannon dudes for my Death Guard army. And that's it for me. But then my friends got in on it. They ordered some other shit. Got a couple more rhinos. Some more decal sheets. Somebody got an Alfarius. Um, yeah. A couple red books. It's, it's like $800 order. It's a... Uh, hobby's growing, man. That's why, like... Um, you're ordering stuff for, like, a new guy as well with your order? No, they're people that are in my club oh okay i thought this was like somebody new coming to 30k no but i'm glad uh glad you're getting your raven guard off the ground that paint scheme not really oh you're not what it's just for uh the matt kane class oh okay that's fair so i got a rhino and five infantry i just went ahead and got 10 more dathan because if i'm gonna do a squad 
it'll need to be a 10-man squad. I'm just going to paint them up. I'm going to make them vets. Not more Dathan. Dang. I was kind of uh, had half a chub knowing that there was some Raven Guard coming in with that sweet, <laughs> sweet paint scheme that you painted up in your uh, your Caleb Wissenbach class, or your CK Studios class. Nah, not yet. I don't really need another army. I need to go back and finish my word bearers. That's what I want to do. Um, get all of those models painted for that army. And then I still got a ton of Death Guard shit. I didn't. I need to paint. I need a Leviathan. I mean, I got. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Like, I need a Leviathan for my Imperial Fist. Like, just thinking yeah. about it right now. Talking about, like, stuff to fill stuff out. I was th- actually, I was so. thinking about your. Uh, word bearer conversion you talked about so long ago where you're going to take the... Uh, I got all the pieces. The brute. decimator. I'm taking a decimator. Chaos decimator engine or whatever that fucking thing's called and kit bashing it with a leviathan. Oh, that'd be rad. Yeah, 100%. Looking forward to seeing I got that. a lightning. I got a lightning I've already converted out of a uh, hellblade. Um, so, the army should be pretty cool. Like, it's... My word bears like every fucking model in that army's converted, pretty much. You should definitely be proud. So, you ready to talk about some cult militia? Yeah, ready. Hell yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> Just kidding. We're talking about the fighting twelfth world eaters. So, guys, normally on this, uh, I know we usually preface this on every episode. Uh, if you're a new listener just coming into this episode because you heard about Radio Freest Van talking about uh, the World Eaters, uh, this is not a standard episode, guys. Uh, so if you've just like skipped forward to this part, uh, I really encourage you to go back, listen to some of our previous episodes, because uh, there's a lot of good 30K content as well as stories in there. Uh, so at this point, we're going to go ahead and jump into some World Eater stuff, but we do encourage you to go listen back to some of our other episodes and definitely get some knowledge about 30k so it's for all those people all these new listeners right now like do y'all want to like say something to offend them because they probably skip forward to this part to be honest with you no puppy gate <laughs> puppy, <laughs> puppy gate so look into it rock and roll We've already talked in bad Indian accents and pretended like Indians are only good for doing tech support. I mean, we've already lost three quarters of our listening audience. What else do we need to do? You're right. Let's go ahead and move on forward with that. Let's double down. Hey, Scott. I sent that. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, okay. So anyway, the world eaters. So first things first, uh, if you... Did not know, and if you're brand new to this whole 30k experience, have no idea how the primars work or anything like that. Uh, the emperor made uh, 20 little babies in a vat, and he grew them into Superman. Actually, I don't think they were ever babies. Were they ever babies? They had to be babies at one point, right? Yeah, they were children. Baby-ish. They were yeah. babies. Yeah, giant babies. Oh God, so, are we gonna start talking about like pro-choice and not choice and when it's a baby and when it's not yeah. <laughs> right, is, that so, where, is that where we're going with this <laughs> 100% we're, we're <laughs> so anyway so the emperor had 20 babies in a tube uh, chaos said nuh uh and decided to send all those babies all over the galaxy alright 
these babies were his superhuman projects. These were the Primarchs. Uh, one of those babies, the 12th baby, <laughs> I guess not the 12th baby, but uh, one of these babies was Angron. Uh, Angron got sent to Nisaria, right? Nisaria? Yeah, Nisaria. Yeah, Nisaria. So they got split across the galaxy uh, by the, the Chaos Gods, and Angron gets sent to Nisaria. Uh, he's a child, and the story goes that when they find him, he's surrounded like by a bunch of dead Eldar, or what they assume are dead Eldar, and he's all bloody, and all of them are dead. We can only assume that the Eldar were there to stop like some sort of like prophecy for happening, but you know who knows. All they know is that this little baby kid or this kid, he's probably like like what we would appear to be like a nine year old or something like that. He's a big just, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a big old baby. He just murdered twelve foot tall toddler. <laughs> yeah, he's he's essentially uh, that scary baby from the Rugrats that Angelica's baby brother looked like. <laughs> So, oh, oh God. <laughs> go look that up. Uh, so yeah, so scary, scary baby kid has all these dead Eldar around him in this area. They roll up on him, they find him, and they say, "Wow, Whoa, this kid's this a fighter. Kid's a badass. This kid's a fighter. Let's put him into slavery." And so that's what they do. They take this kid, put him into slavery, <clears throat> and give him a little thing called the butcher's nails. <laughs> so the way the butcher's nails work is they are. Uh, basically tied into your brain and nervous system. Uh, they inject different uh, different chemicals into your brain as well as like adrenaline and things. And they, they tighten up with anger and they basically cause you pain all the time to make you fight harder. Uh, so they use this slave baby they just got and they decide to put him in the fighting pits. Which if you can imagine this area is kind of like this uh, I, I guess like Romanesque war. I don't know. It's like a, they, they're hardcore into Coliseum fighting and all this stuff. They make all their slaves fight. It's just their pastime. It's what they do. It's like American baseball. I just like the term sl- slave baby. I'm pretty sure that needs to be <laughs> yeah. a metal band. Yeah. Slave baby. <laughs> the artwork, man. So they take their slave baby. They take him to the Coliseum. They decide to make him a fighter. And like all of his other brother Primarchs, he grows up into a monster. Like he grows up into this insane good fighter i mean these guys are the genetic peak of human possibility is what a primark is and these humans like have found this slave baby and made him into this insanely good fighter who is pretty much unbeatable in the coliseum it's he's unbeatable in the uh in the the slave fights so uh, he fights a number of people. He goes through. Uh, he lets certain ones that are, are I guess, uh, that show him good combat, he spares them, and nobody can tell him otherwise. Uh, but the entire time, he was pretty mad about being captured. Uh, so he he wanted his freedom. He wanted to escape, and there was really no way for him to get it because he's a moneymaker. Uh, so by this point, the entire world knows about uh, Angron is the name they gave him. And the, they know that he, he's like the, the angel of the red sand or something like that. And they're trying to, like, they, like he's like a star. He's like the Hulk in, uh, in Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yeah. He's a pretty badass dude. So he gets together with his slaves, and they decide to break out of slavery with all the warrior slaves and all this stuff. Uh, and he forms a pretty massive little group of dudes uh 
And Have you seen Spartacus from Stars? Just go watch that right now, and that's what happens. Yeah, <laughs> they Spartacus out of out of slavery. Uh, they take over the guards. They take over the army. Uh, they manage to run away a good far away away. And by this point, you can imagine that the army, like when you think of Spartacus, they stood a chance because you know it was kind of like swords and bows and arrows versus swords. It wasn't like a really like insanely outclassed or anything like that. But this is like future space tech versus swords and shields and shit. So like they were going to die. Like they were going to get devastated. That's what's going to happen. Well, what happened was they could fight because the the planet was broken to a lot of city states and they could defeat individual armies and they did. But what happened was all the lords of the cities decided that this was bad for business and all the cities at once put together a super army to go crush him. Absolutely. And so in the last stand, they were basically surrounded. Uh, they all made a pact that they were going to die together and die standing together. And um, right before the last death stroke that they were going to deal to all of these slave warriors, uh, the emperor decided to teleport Angron out. And so, well, did you talk about how the emperor showed up and offered him all the stuff? No, no, I didn't talk about any of okay. that. Okay, so what happened was they had a, they knew this army was coming, and to kill him, and they made this pact or whatever. The emperor shows up the night before, in like the caves because they're like in caves in a mountain. And it's like, hey, I'm your dad. Blah blah blah. Tells him the skinny, and Angron tells him to piss off that he's going to fight this battle tomorrow. And the emperor's like. No, you're not. You're gonna come back. Like, you don't. These fucking slaves. They're just, you know, whatever. Dust in the wind and shit. You don't need these guys. They're gonna die tomorrow. No big deal. You have, you know, you're you're gonna matter. You're way more important. We can't have you dying. Um, and Angron's like, nah. I think I'm gonna fight this battle. And the Emperor's like, nah. I think you're gonna go with me. And they like had words, and it got ugly. So the Emperor leaves in frustration. But then, like Michael said right when the battle's about ready to get to start and Angron's going to fulfill his promise, the Emperor teleports him out. Boom. Total bitch move, Imps. Total bitch move. Yeah. Worst so, Father of the Year award. Fucking qualifying <laughs> moment right there. <laughs> oh, you're, you're not coming with me? Okay. Okay. Said, get your ass in the car. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Imps teleports him out and totally betrays all of his pact that he made for these guys. Uh, he was pretty destined to die, and he felt like he was—he had betrayed his friends by being teleported out. There's nothing he could do, unfortunately, but definitely he felt really shitty about that. Um, and so he's always had this like overwhelming resentment towards the emperor in that regard. Like it's just like hated the yeah. emperor. He also, when he got that. teleported up to the ship, he killed all of the captains all the way down to Karn. Karn yep. was the one that talked him down. Karn was number eight, so yep. he got through a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So he was given the Warhound chap, the Warhound Legion, uh, and decided to, <laughs> I guess, install the Butcher's Nails into all of them. And they thought, okay, that's cool. Like I we believe, don't want the Butcher's Nails. I believe the term they use is beat them into their heads. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want the Butcher's Nails, uh, but they thought, you know what? Maybe if we get the Butcher's Nails, this will appease Angron, and he won't be such a dick. And, well, some of them um, wanted it. Some of them wanted to mimic him, like in honor of him that he had him. Yeah. 
and to kind of bring them closer to him a little bit because I think they kind of felt like, oh shit, we have nothing in common with this guy. You know, how can we fucking close the bridge? I guess. Yeah, it's like the pre-USADA days. It's like, oh, Vitor's yeah. doing steroids? I think we should all do steroids. Yeah, <laughs> I too want to be like Vitor, so I too yeah. will have TRT Vitor level Mex- of 40,000. Mexican supplement, Alistair yeah. Overeem. Yeah. Watch out, Michael Bisbee. Here comes a wheel kick. <laughs> oh, oh I- yeah. Oh, you don't have an eye anymore? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, too bad. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how that went down. Uh, they said, well, if he's going to get... Uh, <laughs> If he's hacked up on space steroids, I mean... Yeah, of If he's course. gonna get Mexican supplements, then we're gonna get Mexican supplements. <laughs> yeah, we do. And that's what happens. Uh, so, the world eaters themselves, uh, they, they... Of course, they become the world eaters, and they are pretty much as insane as you would imagine with these butcher's nails actually affecting what are superhumans. Uh, so not only do they have the enhancements that you get from being a space marine, but they also have these butcher's nails that are also enhancing their rage. Unless you're a psyker. Yeah, they happen. did not do that to all the psychers. Uh, some of the psychers were actually spared, which are the librarians, uh, because it fucked their worlds. Yeah. Like, they basically just died. They so put the nails in a few of them, and they went berserk and killed themselves and a bunch of other people. So they decided that was a bad idea. So they were the only ones that didn't have them. Which made them like outsiders within their own legion and made everybody pretty much hate them and shun them. Exactly. So basically they watched uh, from the outside and watched how like their legion slowly fell into disrepair into into uh, awful, awful. They, they judged them from the outside. It kind of sucked to be a librarian amongst the world eaters because you did not get the, the butcher's nails. So you could never truly, truly be a part of your brothers. So... Uh, what next? So, World Eaters, uh, mm. where were they doing during the Great Crusade? They were pretty much like the, I guess... They were bringing worlds into compliance hard. Yeah, so, I mean, there was yeah. nothing really special so it's about... Like, it's ahead. like pre, pre-Crusade, or like early, in the early days of the Crusade, like in before Angron was there... They were known as the Warhounds, and they were like a very tactically aggressive legion, but not not like a fucking bunch of psychos that you know had no there was no control over. Like that's why the emperor gave them the name the Warhounds because he was like sicking sicking the hounds on somebody. But when Angron got there and brought this whole like gladiator culture where he's having them fight each other in the pits and putting these fucking crazy implementations into their heads and stuff they slowly slowly start to kind of lose their grasp and like become a major instrument in all these horrible genocides and killing all these people and eventually the emperor gets pretty fucking fed up with this shit and he's like look this is not what we're going for here like you guys need to go off and do your own thing for a while and you'll come back when i tell you to which is exactly what they kind of wanted anyway because these guys have a major authority problem so he sends them off into a sector of space, and they fucking kill everybody on every planet they come across. Man, woman, child, dog, Nick's hermit crab, all of them fucking get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. So that's kind of like how things began to really escalate. I'm laughing because you've gotten Michael. That, <laughs> got that, him. Got him. Gave him a got him. Gig. Got, got him. Got him. 
<laughs> I should imagine just, ah, murdering a family. There's like a little, <laughs> a little, Kicking a little, a little tank. The they run out. Foot. They run out the door. They they run out the door and the fucking crabs there and then they realize like three seconds later and the guy comes right back in with his fucking axe and goes geek <laughs> and then fucking runs back out. <laughs> so so yeah. So they definitely earn their name, the World Eaters. Uh, they definitely go crazy on some planets. I mean, there's not really. It, it's there's a lot of resentment um, towards the Emperor. Did he did he have any good relationship with any of his brothers? Like, uh, it it just seems like everybody just thought of him as like it's a prick. He's a giant prick. Nobody really yeah. liked him. The 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 spoiler. I don't want it. I don't know if this is a spoiler. It's in the book, Master of Mankind, but. When the Emperor is looking at Angron's brain while he's, like, unconscious and he's trying to understand what the fuck they put in this guy's head, the tr- the thing about him is he's really dead. Like, he's not, he's not how the Emperor, or this is at least my interpretation, he's not really alive anymore. He's not, like, a Primarch like he was made and sent off into space. They cut out, like, a fucking big chunk of his brain and put some weird kind of machine in there. So it's like a fucking kind of a perverted version of what a Primarch is supposed to be without those, like, actual mental faculties and all the other, you know, attributes and tangibles Primarch would have. So you have this guy who looks like a Primarch leading a legion who's powered by some insane machine that someone's implanted in his fucking brain. So you're expecting one thing with him, like, oh, well, you look big and tall and can carry a lot of heavy shit, so you're probably a Primarch, but in reality, he's not. Like, he's fucked. He's just some some weird animal thing. Yep, and it was a de- the nails for him were a death sentence. Yeah, he's dead. Uh, like, he's gone. His yeah. fucking well, story's like, over there. Well, but... what I mean by that, like, his <laughs> physical body actually would have died and quit working. Like, it would have eventually killed him. Like, they yep. even talked about that. He was, like, degrading, yeah. and, it was, and it was starting to speed up. There's like there's no way to remove him because it literally is half of his fucking brain. Like you can't just take out half of his brain and expect him to keep like ticking. He that'll kill him. And then every like his body and he's starting to fucking bleed out of his nose randomly and all this weird shit when he's not fighting. So he is dying slowly but surely. Mm. Poor Angron, man. He definitely definitely yeah. got the. Uh... You gotta put the shit into the stick real early, dude. Like right off the bat, so what took a huge dump on this guy's fate. So, yeah, even some of the custodes in Master of Mankind are like talking to some of the world leaders they're encountering, and they're like putting them down because Angron. They see Angron as like the one Primarch they had to save. Right. Yeah. So that's another funny little thing about. He's it. the only one that didn't conquer his home. The only world. one that didn't conquer his world. So and that's like something that makes him very, very self-conscious. He kind of talks about it in Betrayer. And <clears throat> he overcompensates with it with the fact that, I mean, he's a fucking ass kicker in hand-to-hand. Like, he's just a murdering fucking machine. But, like, like I said, due to the brain surgery thing, he doesn't have, like, the tactical acumen or, or you know, statesmanship that other ones do. So... Yeah, and definitely he uh, he once he starts hearing about how the the different the other Primarchs were saved and how all their different stories 
Uh, it definitely does not help him out and, oh, yeah. and how he views himself about, you know. Well, he was real salty about, like, uh, like Lorgar, Corferin. <clears throat> yep. The Emperor's like, yeah, cool, bring Corferin. We'll, he's too old to be a space marine, but we'll see what we can do. Oh, Lehman Russ, all your boys, they're too old to be space marines. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, he's you're like, going to well, take fucking Bob Barker them. here and hotwire <laughs> him into a fucking suit of Terminator armor, but you're not going to take my fucking hardened group. Of psycho gene killers and make them into one. What the fuck, man? Like, well, supposedly when you, when you read Robinson into it, you realize that club rocking lightning claws. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you realize that. Uh, I think why it didn't happen is because they found him on one of Gilliman's worlds, which is supposed to already be compliant. Right. So it's one of the five hundred worlds of Ultramar. So if the Emperor would have showed up and like quote-unquote, killed the bad guys and saved Angron's army. He's killing citizens of Ultramar, yeah. which are and already the under... thing is, all these other psychos also had this fucking insane brain surgery. So you're going to take those guys who are already crazy <laughs> and pump a bunch of drugs into them to just see what happens? Like, I don't know, man. That's just, you know. that yeah. not I just kind of feel like the Emperor was like, we can't like kill all these people and make this world, quote-unquote, you know, compliant because already is. It's already part of one of the 500 worlds. So you're already like you're. You, he's chosen to play for the bad team, I guess. Like, yeah, he's in the Karate Kid movie and he's signed up with Team Cobra Kai like already. So the Emperor comes along, Mister Miyagi, and he's like, man, you know, I can't, can't do this. Like, we're just got to <laughs> pull you out here. It's crazy how they're like super compliant, but even then, the Emperor's like. Nah, I'm not gonna go tell them not to kill my son. We're just gonna go ahead and bring him on the ship. This is pretty fucking embarrassing, to be honest with you. Oh, dude, this is hey like, man. There's so this, many plot holes. I yeah. don't, I don't want to tell you. The story of Angron is like a major jumping off point for like the Emperor and his relationship with these things that are prime arts. Like it's a it's a very interesting like character study. I oh, think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when when you start looking at, especially Master of Mankind, you you go through that and you start realizing how the Emperor truly felt about his quote unquote sons. Uh, it really makes you realize why he treated Angron the way he did. So, um, but what can you do? He treated all of his sons like that. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about uh, Night of the Wolf? Yeah, dude. Derek, take away. All right. So, uh, Angron's doing his thing, running around. You know, beating the shit out of planets, and Lehman Russ is like, "This is no way for a Primarch to be running around. This is this is going to cause problems." So he goes and basically like chews them out. Like he brings the Space Wolves in force, and they get into a big ass argument about you know, you know, being a leader versus whatever Angron's doing, and basically just calls him a big ass meathead, and then they start slugging it out because Angron's like, "I'm gonna beat the shit out of this dude." Well, you know, Lehman Russ kind of knew it was going to go down like that because he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go yell at Angron and he's going to get pissed off and start swinging. <laughs> and uh, so Angron, so the two of them go and they start fighting and then their legions kind of look at each other and like, okay, well, I guess we're hashing this out then. And they all start, you know, beating the hell out of each other too. So uh, Angron's actually getting the upper hand on Russ. He's actually beating him. Well, Russ is, like, fighting back, like, back into the ranks of Space Wolves. And so Angron starts yelling at you, like, you, you're not the biggest and baddest. Like, 
you some kind of wolf king cool but i'm still here kicking your ass and Liam Russ is like, yeah, but look around. You're completely surrounded by my boys. They could all just beat like and we could all. actually knocks him to the ground. He knocks him down and is standing over him. Yeah, but like like formally Lehman beats his ass. Well, yeah, but Russ, it makes it sound like he takes a like Russ takes the blow and falls down. But you, it makes you wonder if Russ didn't like he was definitely losing, but the whole falling down part and rolling away from him. Sounds like it was that was part of the plan. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. This yeah. whole story has like so many like different retellings from different people. So oh, like, yeah, that, that's my favorite part about this. Yeah. Basically, Russ is like, yeah, you beat me personally, but look around you. Like, you're not winning this fight. Like, at any point, my boys can just lay down into you, and all of us will just beat the shit out of you. And Angron's like, whatever, you're just pissed off because you lost. And then they kind of like, it, it kind of diffuses from there and they kind of stop fighting. So with the Night of the Wolf, like if you ask, like depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer of who won. Because the world leaders will be like, you know, oh yeah, Angron beat the piss out of Lehman Russ, dude, we won. Whereas if you ask Russ or the Wolves, they're like, yeah, they, they completely missed the whole point of that exercise. They don't even realize that they lost. We completely. Well, here I'll be a neutral party because I don't like either of those legions. Fucking Russ and the Space Wolves won. Angron's a fucking meathead. He is missing Just a saying. good chunk of his brain, so it's not really a fair fight. <laughs> if we were to really <laughs> Lehman Russ beating up on his mentally challenged brother, that's exactly. Like... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's how I look at it, but that's kind of how it seems, you know. Yeah. So even before the heresy, I mean. If something like this were to go down, I don't think there's any version of this where Angron with the nails would have been on the loyalist side. Just his mind, sp- his mind space, plus like his view on the emperor. Yeah, it was not hard to turn him. I mean, no matter how you look at it, like there's fluff wise <laughs> as far as like discussing how Angron actually worked and all that stuff. I mean, like it's so simple <clears throat> to talk about Angron and the world eaters because it's like they went to planets, they killed a bunch of people. Everybody was always surprised by like how much murder and shit they did on all these planets. Like, like that that night of the wolf thing is a really good acronym for it because everyone's looking at it like who is the tactical victor in this? Well, the tactical victor is obviously clear, but that's if you're measuring the world eaters as like another legion, but that's not really what they are. They're a fucking time bomb. Like that's their function is this thing that is cruising towards a you know a predetermined path, no matter what. Really, you know, it's it was never ever going to turn out any other way. So, I guess in a way you could look at how Angron kind of expresses that when talking to Russ is a bit of foreshadowing of being like, "Look, motherfucker, like you're here, expect." to unravel something that's not there beneath the surface like this is it like i'll kill you right now watch my whole legion die on this planet i'm good fuck (laughs) like that is that's it so i think that's i don't know i i find that a really cool thing that makes them unique in a way i mean tragically unique obviously because they're fucked right from the get-go no matter what once you know someone took that super space child out of that pod and screwed a fucking (laughs) TRT machine <laughs> dispenser into his brain, it was over. Like that was it. But I always find that really cool. Anytime that sort of finality interacts with all these other characters who have all this like 
hubris and ambition and martial like ideology and he's like i don't give a fuck i'm a crazy animal with two chain axe hands like let's do it bitch i don't care like i love that (laughs) and i love that about that hell yeah yeah so Angron definitely did never never saw eye to eye with the Emperor as far as how he was handling his business. Uh, so when Horus decided to betray the Emperor, get in, loser! We're betraying Dad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was not <laughs> it was a, not a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. <laughs> so looking at Istvan three, if you if you weren't aware of Istvan three or what the atrocity that happened on Istvan three, uh, basically. The Death Guard, World Eaters, Sons of Horus, and Emperor's Children, uh, they sent all of their all of the legionnaires who they believed would not turn against the Emperor onto the planet and betrayed them. They they sent them to the planet, broke up and told them there was a mission going down over there at the Coral City and virus they bomb virus the bomb dropped a bunch of virus bombs on them. Yeah. Jer- dropped a bunch of virus bombs on him, and then firebombed the planet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, then old then old old Garo put a fucking sneaky little Garo. wrench in that gear because uh, <laughs> he got on the radio and was like, "Hey, you're about to be butt fucked," and they're like, "Oh no, we ate," and they went and hid in some bunkers and shit. And a bunch not of my buddy, guy. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not my friend, guy. <laughs> so yeah, so absolutely, so they found some bunkers to hide in. And so, so they're not getting virus bombed. <laughs> they found not, some apocalypse-proof bunkers. Yeah, some apocalypse-proof bunkers. They get virus bombed, and like, <laughs> I don't know why I picture Horace looking through like a jeweler's monocle, like looking down at the planet, like, oh, obviously everything's going to plan, and everybody's dead. <laughs> focuses it up. <laughs> focuses it up, and then he starts seeing all of these uh, these people coming out of the bunkers that hid. And this makes their fist they're, and being like, they're, Fuck you, of, <laughs> they're coming out of uh, Indiana Jones four refrigerators. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They're all walking out and they're all waving their fist angrily at the ships in space. Like, how dare you, Primark? This enrages Angron because I mean, at this point, you know, Horus knows. Hey, I just fucking we got more virus bombs loaded up. We'll just go ahead and send some more down, finish them off again, or we just land strike them from space. There's just a few left. No, Angron gets pissed. Uh, Angron, seeing his world eaters not accepting this like fate and hiding, just infuriates him beyond all belief. These were already dudes he didn't like. These were. Already, dudes, he had chosen to die. Yeah, you made the list if you got sent <laughs> down there. So, <laughs> and so when he's when he's sitting there and he looks through his jeweler's his jeweler's eye and looks and sees that his guys are still like coming out of these bunkers like little ants. Before Horace can tell him anything, he's, he's on a ship <laughs> on his like personal stormbird, heading down there to go personally murder every single world eater who did not die. <laughs> like he's if they're not going to die from the virus bomb, then Angron's going to kill them himself. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like, man, this is a stupid story. Like why do we have to hear about Angron killing all these people? Because Angron was like the kid who won't put his shoes on. <laughs> like he held up everybody at Istvan 3. So, because Angron's so mad and is on this planet 
this holds up Horus's fleet from moving on to continue their betrayal. So they're all stuck there waiting for Angron to murder all of his his ex-boys. And this one gives, by one. Yeah, this gives Garo just enough time to start warning people. And I mean, it's not gonna really help as far as like his fan five goes, which we will get to in a second. But it does delay quite a bit because they're waiting for Angron who wants to personally murder all these people. Um so what comes next? Is fan five? I mean there's not a lot in between Is fan three and five. Not as far as World Eaters concerned. Yeah. Nope. So, so by this time, the betrayal has made the news to the other legions. Uh, of course, Horus and the word and Lorgar they manage to get the word to the other legions, and they get to pick. You know, they 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 find legions that are going to turn, and uh, before the whole betrayal of the Dropside Massacre and everything like that, Angron, the Emperor's children. The World Eaters, the the Sons of Horus, and the uh, Death Guard are all now being hunted. They are the four traitor legions. Um, they the other legions haven't like publicly turned yet, so everybody knows that like, hey, we got to go to Isvan Fives, and we got to go beat up our brothers, and we got to go let we got to bring them to justice. So, uh, who knows what the World Eaters were doing on Isvan Five? Who wants to talk about that? They were, they were in the center, uh, or no? What's what flank were they on? I'm trying to think who they faced off with. Hold so on, real quick, the sa- real quick, the- real, real quick shout out. The outer circle has a like map drawn out is to be on five like play by play of what happened. Yep. Now we see like the did that. He designed it. Like arrows on he, it. He yeah, took a long time to do that because he was. He would send me pics, like works in progress of him working through that. Like, hey, how does this look? And I'm like, that looks way better and way more effort than I would have ever put into it. That's what that Can looks like. Can we set them up with like a John Madden impersonator? Uh, well, so, yeah, that would have been awesome if there was a John Madden like impersonator like <laughs> given the play-by-play. But he did put a whole bunch of work into it, and he showed me this the other day. I hadn't seen it. But if you're looking for this like, like too detailed breakdown of where the legions were and how they were moving... He does that. He has this breakdown. They were, were on the Raven Guard. They were on the Raven Guard side because it was the Salamanders lined up with the Death Guard, the Emperor's Children lined up with the Iron Hands, and the uh, Raven Guard lined up with the World Eaters, and then the Sons of Horus were hiding in their bunker, letting everybody kill themselves. One hundred percent. Yep. So on his Van Five. Dropside massacre happened. Uh, the legions that Ryan was talking about, the Iron Hands, the Salamanders, and the Raven Guard, assumed that their brothers, the Alpha Legion, the Word Bearers, and the Night Lords were coming to help. They got betrayed. It was a like seven and on Iron three. Warriors. Oh, and the Iron Warriors, eight on three. Not good. A lot of death happened. If you don't know about the Dropside massacre, uh, go look that up. It's. I mean, the World Eaters were hardcore in that as well as you would imagine they would be this brother on brother is fucking brutal so. then after it all wrapped up uh angron was the one that was trying to hunt down korax to catch him and kill him and he almost caught him in the canyon right before korax was evacuated right before korax was saved by puny humans something valerius marcus valerius 
Is that his name yeah. that's rescued him? Pretty sure. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Verabundus. He's good. So, what comes after his fan five? He Shadow Crusade. Yeah. Hor- Horus orders Lorgar and Angron to team up and go to Ultramar and deal with the Ultramarines. So they lie to the Ultramarines and say, hey, we're going to go kill all these orcs, and um, we need you to like muster everybody. But this is really, not only are you going to kill all these orcs, and it's going to be overkill because we're sending you like these all these other legions, but it's really a team-building exercise because you and Lorgar have not been getting along. So we're going to do a team-building exercise and make you guys get along. Everybody so fucking touch tips and be magical brothers again. But... Yep. <laughs> Anybody. So what ends up happening is on the way, Angron wants to literally stop at every world and like kill everybody on the planet before moving on. And Lorgar's like, no, we need to like we got a schedule to keep. We're trying to get here, and Angron keeps stopping and delaying it. And they actually almost come to blows and fight it out. Like the, it's like within seconds of them boarding each other's ships and having a big shit fight. And this weird, like this dark Eldar pirate pirate fleet shows up, and they're all like, "Oh, let's kill these guys instead." So then they both together board the Dark Eldar ship, both Lorgar and Angron, and, like, purge this entire ship of Eldar. Man, what a f- unfortunate navigational <laughs> mistake that Dark Eldar ship <laughs> made. Like, oh, man, yeah, finally we're out of the... Oh, my God! <laughs> just the... So... The, just the super frustrated Primarchs. Just, yeah. It's like running so, into two... Uh, two mama bears next to their cubs like it's the worst <laughs> so situation because because angron was like holding everything up the workers kind of pressed on without him to meet the schedule so they uh they end up like starting the shadow crusade kind of without the world leaders in a way so they make it to kalf and all that well ahead of uh the world leaders But then after Kalth happens, they catch back up, and then they start purging worlds together. And then, do we want to get... How far do you want to go with this? I want to talk about him going back to Nasseria. Oh, okay. So, what's happening? Like, how many spoilers? Like, just just spoil it all? Just throw them out there. Yeah, spoil it all. Spoilers for Betrayer incoming. What's going on? You find out Shadow Crusade has two purposes. Like, Lorgar keeps prattling on and on about how he's going to save his brother. Everybody's like, what? Save your brother? What? For one, what's he need saved from? And two, he's a prick. Why would you want to save him and all this stuff? Well, Lorgar's having all these visions, and he's worried about Sanguinius, who's like a real badass. And um, <laughs> he's yeah. trying to figure out, like, the, the only guy that he feels like can take Sanguinius one-on-one at the time is Angron, but Angron's going to die. So he's worried about not having Angron around to deal with Sanguinius. Also, he's all about, like, obviously loading up his side with all the Primarchs while eliminating the Primarchs on the other side so that they have, you know, a better chance of winning the war and all that stuff. So the the two purposes of the Shadow Crusade is trying to get to that you find out is he's trying to kill all these people as a mass sacrifice. 
to cause the biggest, like to basically summon the biggest warp storm in the galaxy, to cut to split the uh, the empire in half, to to eliminate all warp travel in and out, to seal off the ultramarines from being able to make it to Terra, to help them, but also as part of this mass sacrifice, it's also a giant sacrifice to turn Angron into a demon prince, which simultaneously, like, which does technically save him, I guess. He is still around, but he's not the same thing anymore. So he's trying to uh, flip the right switches and like push his buttons and trigger him into certain things. So there's like certain boxes that need to be checked. So Lorgar takes him back to this world to uh, it's like the ingredients you know, how to become Damon Prince. It's like slaughter five hundred yeah. people. Check <laughs> piss off very badly. <laughs> yeah. So they go. He he goes to Nesaria to basically stir up Angron's emotions and all that. And that's also like it comes full circle. And then they have a big fucking slaughter orgy on that planet. And Gilliman shows up and all this shit. And then. Uh, Lorgar finally finishes the ritual for Angron to become a demon prince. And then he becomes the red angel. Yep. And when he becomes a demon prince, the act of that happening, he simultaneously kills all the remaining psychers in his legion and the old chapter master of the Warhounds, which was now entombed in a Contemptor Dreadnought. Yep. He literally... Beats so up Gilliman, gets turned into a demon prince, and then eats, physically eats some of those librarians. And and the dreadnought. And the dreadnought. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he symbolically and literally kills all the remnants of what the Legion used to be. <laughs> Fantastic. So where does the blood where does the red angel go from here? old Disneyland. demon angron oh this is the fun part so they have to get this thing back into the ship and i'm always <laughs> scratching my head trying to figure out how in the fuck they pull Jeez, this bro Jeez, you take cheese curls and bologna and you just lay a little trail you just leave tied up <laughs> warhounds <laughs> like no Man, we bought five thousand corn dogs if he won't eat these corn dogs we're gonna have a lot of leftover corn dogs sir yeah. but so i think argyle tall talks about it at the end of betrayer he's like he gives a number of how many thousand legionnaires died trying to chain this fucking demon monster up and get it into the hole of this ship. It was like over 3,000 fucking Legionnaires died trying to do this. So like a full-scale battle's worth of dudes die trying to change the psycho up. And he's in the hole of this ship, and they're going throughout the galaxy. And Karn is like the only lucid member, a semi-lucid member of this Legion left at the end of Betrayer. <laughs> and he's like, man, times are fucking changing around here fast. Shit is getting really bad. And, like, he's walking down to the basement, and the steps he's stepping on stop becoming metal and start becoming bone and muscle and blood. And he's like, oh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And uh, <laughs> he gets down there and starts talking to fucking sees Angron, and he's like, holy shit, what has happened? And Angron doesn't. You know, obviously doesn't look like Akron anymore. He kind of starts talking, and he's like, 
I need you to bring me this many skulls. Like, where am I? What? Where am I going to get that? He's like, I got to make a throne out. Yeah, I got an idea. I got an idea. <laughs> got an idea. <laughs> Fuck face. <laughs> start, start cutting up the servitors, whatever you can. Yeah. And I need some liquid nails to put them all together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Demon Angron. Demon Angron. So, I guess we stop there. I mean, that's pretty much like the end of the World Eaters as we know them and beyond what the World Eaters are as a playable faction at this point. Like, the yeah, we haven't really touched base too much on the Battle of Terra version of Demon Prince Angron or anything like that, or Ascended Angron. So everything is just kind of speculation at this point. But as far yeah. as what you need to know, if you're going to start playing this Legion, that's what ends up happening to your Primarch. So, like, your Primarch's pretty decent now, but here in a few books. Yeah, why not Why not take the most crazy, psychotic, best hand-to-hand fighter of them all and make him into a magical space demon? Real good <laughs> fucking idea, man. <laughs> Not to interrupt, but we have to interrupt this episode. My wife sent Scott a video. It's only 20 seconds long. We all have to watch it. Okay. And you can comment, Then Michael can link it to the video. All right. Oh, dude, video, I've seen say. this. Lion yeah. Tug of War. Yeah. yeah. That fucking... <laughs> <laughs> so this is a video that we're watching right now of a lion versus... It was like three dudes. Three or four not small dudes. Yeah, three it's or four like three dudes are Jonathan Wests trying to win a tug of war with a lion, and this lion is not even trying, bro. It's just yeah. it's, like the camera pans like, over, oh, and these guys look this, more and more bro. like the rock. Yeah, dude, each guy looks more like the rock than the last guy. And like <laughs> each guy, I don't know, man. That lion's kind of got at that like that he's got that corner advantage. It looks sleepy. It's a female. It looks- it looks it's very tired. <laughs> she has that like advantage like of like that curve, but I, I get it, man. Lines are strong, and it's got claws in the ground. It makes sense. I do. I do want to know what zoo that is to where we can go. Oh, San Antonio Zoo did that. We're like we could go do that right now if we wanted. I'll fight that well, fucking maybe, lion. Maybe not right. <laughs> <laughs> Me and like four of my boys. Bonnie's <laughs> like here, hold my beer. Hooks it up to a fucking pickup truck and just jerks that fucking stupid lion's teeth. Yeah, jerks that lion's head. Be like, I'm a man, bitch. We invented shit. I don't need to use my muscles and claws. I got a fucking 44 Magnum, fucker. Shoots it in point blank in the face with a double barrel shotgun. Just give it the old... Michael pulled that with his truck. The old... Knocking on his ass. Lean up, uh, like, which dumbass? What's that show? Fucking Mad Max, the new Mad Max, where they rip the dude's face off. The harpoon gun. Yeah. Dude, we've been getting a lot of uh, big cat videos here recently, and they are getting more and more gory uh, the further we get into the cat big cat videos. Man, that one, that guy lived, and he's on the gurney at the end, and it's showing he's got like cuts that are like oh, yeah, just in his body. Cat. I'm like. Man, it fucked this guy up. He's so dead. And then it goes around to the front and his eyes are blinking. I'm like, this guy's still alive? Gee, yeah, dude. yeah, all you listeners right now that are hearing this for the World Eater episode, 
we definitely get a lot of bear attack videos, industrial accident stories in our episodes. And here recently in our closed group, our, uh, our Patreon group, we've just been getting like overwhelmed with like animal attack videos and stuff like that. Like it's, it's insane. Like, it's like, I, I didn't, man, all I can say is like China needs to get its shit together as far as zoos go. Like just, if you can't just be make breaking into fences. tiger enclosures, sir, you just can't. Like, not even once. At He's what not point? Sell you frosted flakes. His name's not telling me. He doesn't fucking want you. They got too many people, man. They're just trying to thin the herd. The government ain't gonna make shit safe for them. It's just like <laughs> they ain't nerfing shit over there. If you're dumb enough to get your fucking head into a lion's mouth, they're gonna let it finish the job. They don't care. I like that one with that old man who's like just not fast enough to get back in the fence. Oh, no. They're like, get it, get it. He's like, oh, 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 that lion's got you. <laughs> oh my god! Just runs off with him into the woods. That lady's <laughs> looks also, like we just saved a week's worth of fucking lion chow. So <laughs> it looks so ridiculous because you realize like that's a full size man that weighs like probably two hundred pounds, and it literally runs with the person in its mouth like my cat runs with its like toy made of yarn. Up the stairs in my house. That's exactly what it looks like. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Guys, if you ever want to experience the full, like, the full strength and, like, view of how giant and majestic these big cats are, go go Google Big Cat Rescue in your area and go check them out because they're insane. You, you might need even to take lucky. Scott. Scott's not been. No, I need to go. Oh, my God. So... Anyway, yeah, there's a little bit of our regular scheduled programming bleeding back in. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we got to talk about that. I know some of our listeners out there is like, I know what happened to Angron, and y'all are telling it. Yeah, so I shitty. fucking get it. it. Like, yeah, tell okay, some dick action. jokes and talk about a fucking something shit shitting on a lion or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw and throw pop that lion have phone. explosive <laughs> diarrhea after that fucking tug of war contest. That's what I need to know. <laughs> So let's go ahead and get on to the world eaters. We'll get on to their special rules, what they can do that no other Legion can do. Now that you've had some background, if you've never played or if you've never even heard of the world eaters, you never knew about Angron's story, hopefully that shitty rendition of my explanation and these guys, decent explanation, good uh, good explanation. Read Betrayer. It's everything we just said, but told better with more awesome details and cooler characters. It's a really good book. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the World Eaters. What can the World Eaters do that no other Legion can do? All right, so first off, all World Eaters have Legion of Stardays. This isn't a special rule that they can only get, but this is a special rule they have. Uh, so units with a special rule can always attempt to regroup regardless of casualties. It's not, and they shall not know fear. It's like pre, and they shall not know fear. They knew fear at this point. Um, they also have Incarnate Violence. So models with Legion of Stardays, World Eaters rule, may re-roll to wound rolls of a one on any turn in which they charge into combat. Unless they're making a disorder charge, uh, characters, models with this rule also gain plus one weapon skill when fighting in a challenge. So this is like preferred enemy anytime you make a charge. It's pretty good. I mean, something no other legion gets. Uh, they also have the bloodlust rule. So after winning an assault, models with this special rule may all, must always consolidate towards the nearest enemy until they have the ability to... Uh, enemy enemy unit they have the ability to harm 
Should a unit with a special rule fail a morale check after being defeated in combat, before rolling for, for fallback, roll a d6. On a roll of a 4+, plus, they do not flee. And count as passing the morale check instead. Uh, but now become subject to the rage special rule for the rest of the battle. Place a counter by this unit, or otherwise mark that uh, this as the case. So yeah, that means forget forget about this rule. No one's ever going to use it because they're going to use the other rule. <laughs> the other rule, yeah. Uh, so this also has the Savage Tide Rising Doom of the World Eaters Legion. So, World Eaters <clears throat> representing a traitor force in games set after Istvan in the Horus Heresy campaign, if its controlling player wishes, exchange the Bloodlust component of Legion Stars World Eaters Special Rule with a Blood Madness Special Rule. So, the Blood Madness, so you can take Blood Madness instead of Bloodlust. Any unit with this rule has the Rage Special Rule and must always make sweeping advances, if able, and cannot voluntarily go to ground, choose to fail a morale check. In addition, after an assault, models with this special rule must always consolidate towards the nearest enemy unit that they are able to harm. So this just gives you free free rage. Yep. So definitely, definitely Spoiler take that alert. over. I have never played a rule to your army that didn't take that. <laughs> Real talk. So, so you know. So obviously there. this is a very close com If you didn't realize from the discussion we had on this legion this is definitely a close combat geared army uh hey derek i think kitty might knock your lightning down if you want to oh. not have that next to her because she gives no fucks that's fine okay everything's fine so as far as legion specific war gear as far as stuff that only the the world years get uh any model they get any model within the Legion of Star is World Eaters special rule, which has access to a chain sword, can instead take a chain axe for free, as this is appropriately as long as this is appropriately represented on the model. So they can go ahead and take a chain axe for free. And okay. So hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't know why everybody gets confused with this. To me, it was, and I'm not trying to be superior or sound like I'm so much smarter or whatever. This has never been confusing to me, but I see this question get asked a ton. So, if the model is already armed with a chainsword, for example, veterans, veterans automatically come with bolter, bolt pistol, and chainsword or combat blade, your choice. So you choose chainsword, which is free, because they come with it, and then you can then upgrade that chainsword for free to an axe. Yes. If something like a tactical squad has a bolt gun and bolt pistol and forces you to buy a chain sword for two points. You have to buy the chain sword for two points and then upgrade it to the axe for free. Absolutely. Well, here's yes. my question. If you can switch your bolter for a chain sword for free. You, yes, you, you can, can do that. Your, yeah. Yes. So, but if, if something requires you, like if you don't come with the chain sword, and you have to buy it. So, for example, a tactical support squad would be a perfect example of that. Yep, you gotta pay. You have to pay. Basically, you're paying two points <clears throat> per chain X. But people see see that and they go, "Oh, it says chain X is for free." And it's like they are free, but they're only free from chain sword to chain yeah. X. The chain sword itself is not free sometimes. So, if you gotta anyway. pay for the chain sword. You really, in reality, have to pay for the chain X. Yes. Yeah. They have to trade in. At the armory, a chain sword. Chain sword <laughs> yep. 
for a chain axe. Now, if you Always fucking are that. smart and you have tactical squads and you actually want them to do something for a fucking change, you will swap out their bolters for chain swords for free and then subsequently swap those out for chain axes. And bing, bam, boom. God, fuck. Well, then you'd have bolt pistol chain axe, but for an extra two points, you can have bolter, bolt pistol, and chain axe if you want. If you want to take the time to shoot with your batshit, well, if you're putting them in if you're putting them in rhinos or drop pods, yeah, you got to get out, you know, anyway, and you can't charge the turn you get out. Yeah. So unless it's an assault vehicle, but yep, I don't do that. I put mine in assault vehicles, bitches. Boom. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna cost you. you two points a model if you want to shoot with them. That's just, if you want to shoot a bolter. If you want to shoot a bolter, if you really want to shoot a bolter. It's 20 points. And if you don't give them a chain axe, shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Absolutely not. It's not acceptable behavior. Okay, <laughs> for a world theater player. So rock and roll. Another special special item that they get or special legion specific uh war gear are Kadera weapons. Uh so, a model with Kadera weapons may select one of the following to replace their listed weaponry. Uh, so, this could, they could take a Meteor Hammer, which is plus two strength, AP5. It's melee, special weapon, two-handed, concussive, plus one initiative. Uh, they could take an Excorciator Chain Axe, which is plus one strength, AP3. Melee, special weapon, two-handed, shred, unwieldy. Uh, twin Phallix Blades, uh, strength as user, uh, AP5, special weapon, melee, plus one attack, rending. Uh, barb hook lash, uh, strength as user, AP5, melee, special weapon, fleshbane. Uh, any model with the independent character special rule or character type with the Legion of Stardust special world leaders may exchange a chain sword or combat blade for one of the Kadera weapons for 15 points. Uh, does anybody play with Kadera weapons? Like, are these like, is there anyone too that you take out of all these? They're not great, no. No, they're all too expensive. You the rules get, on them, the rules like on them aren't. Oh, sorry, right. Scott. Oh, this is awkward. Scott. <laughs> okay. Scott. So it's like uh it's like what a fifteen point, ten point, fifteen point upgrade. 15, Most things 15. can take power weapons anyway, so why would you not take a power axe at AP two plus one strength and instead take That's that not shitty, specialist. Yeah, sh- shitty chain axe thing. So Yeah. These things like somebody wrote down that they should be five points and then somehow ten points got added back in. Yeah. Like I'm not real sure. I bet. Like, <laughs> it, it's like I can't understand heresy rules sometimes. Like I feel like there's like maybe maybe it's like it's either one guy and sometimes he's on methamphetamines <laughs> or booze or something. Like on a Tuesday, like every other day of the week, he's on meth or something, and like he's on meth, so he writes Scoria's rules, and then he comes back in the next day clean and writes these, like these weapon rules or something like I'm not real sure. Like I, I don't understand how you put out one of like this. It's just one of those weird things. You get where I'm coming from. So just Kadir weapons in general, just kind of stay away from them. That's what it sounds like. I don't, there are too yeah, many I points. Definitely... Like the, the rules aren't bad, but they're like three times more than they should cost. Hey, on the bright side, they look cool. So you can buy those rampager models and then use those Kadir weapons as like Paragon Blade substitutes and things like that. And that's a really good use for them. Bummer town. Bummer town. So yeah, that's that's all the special war gear they get. 
That's all the special rules they get. That's all the special war gear they get. I mean, decent stuff. What else do you need, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, you look at it this way. But everybody can take a chain axe. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting hatred when you charge, so it's plus two on the charge, and you're re-rolling wounds when you charge. And then you have a weapon that's going to have you wounded most things in the game on three. You mean rage, not hatred. Rage. Yeah, yeah, my bad. There's a lot of ways to get hatred coming in later, but yeah, they're yeah, they're pretty fucking pretty good for pretty cheap. You know, it's not overcomplicated, but they do assault very well. So, oh, and we didn't talk about what chain axes do. Chain axes are plus one strength and AP four. Yep. Which is way better than a chainsword, which is strength as user. Yep. No AP. No AP. So. I think it's the best thing you can give tactical marines. Like, almost. It's fucking really, really good, man. So write that down. If you're a new World Eater player, chain axe buy chain axes. Yeah, yeah, don't be crazy. Don't try to be a special snowflake, okay? We all adhere to the same rules in this society. Yep. It's the best thing you can give tactical marines unless you're blessed enough to be in book seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's right. So, working into their special units they get. Uh, so, they get the specialist unit, the Red Butchers. So, these are basically cataphracty terminators running around with power axes and commie bolters. Uh, for 275 points, you get five Red Butchers. Uh, you get four Butcher Terminators, one Devoured. Uh, they come with cataphractic power. They come with cataphractic pattern terminator armor, which is two plus four plus. Uh, they get power axe, commie bolter. They have the legion starry special rule. They have the ravening madman special rule. They're fearless. They get hatred, feel no pain on a six plus, and they have unstoppable charge. Uh, their stat line, as far as just the normal butchers, looks like weapon skill five, bliss skill two. Their strength four, toughness four. They have two wounds, which is very good for for terminators. Uh, their initiative four, they get two attacks apiece, leadership eight, two plus. Now, you can remove the power axe, and you can give them their commie bolters. I'm sorry, you can you can leave the power axe, but you can take their commie bolter away and give them a second power axe for free. So if you don't want these guys uh, shooting, you can go ahead and give them the power axe. Yeah, the with their axe. ballistic skill fucking two. Um, yeah, like fuck. just, <laughs> Has anyone ever seen Red Butchers with guns on them? Yeah, and, <laughs> and the, the the funny thing is when you buy the models they come with two axes so you would have to purposefully buy extra bits and go through the trouble of converting <laughs> them you are a, an exceptional type of belligerent human being if you have <laughs> copy vultures and here's God the thing you, but... here's the thing I used red butcher models to make my terminators for my black shields so I'm not using them as red butchers but I wanted. I had to put the commie bolters on them, so it's like the same. It would. I had to go through what somebody would have had to go through to actually put commie bolters on them, and it was a real motherfucker. Let me tell you, it took like a whole day. It was lots of cutting, snipping, melding, bending, fucking doing crazy shit, and it was exhausting. And you should. No one would ever do it with normal red butchers. That's the most ludicrous thing ever. So that is not so much an option as mandatory. So go ahead and just model your model your red butchers as they come from Forge World with the second power axe. Somebody's writing yes. that list request right now. Yeah. So any model in the unit may exchange both. I won't do it. Power axe. Fuck yourself. I'm all set. <laughs> you fucking trolls. No. <laughs> any model in the unit may exchange both their power axe and combi bolter for a pair of lightning claws for five points apiece. 
So there's an option. Uh, the Devourer may exchange any of their power axes for one of the following. A Power Fist, Chain Fist, or Thunder Hammer. Uh, the Devourer may exchange their Kami Bolter for a Kami Weapon, if they so chose. So, have you ever recommended anybody swap out their Power Axe for Lightning Claws? No. No. <laughs> no. I reckon that's uh, it. Get their no ass kicked for doing something like that. How dare you even consider it. <laughs> oh, here's the thing on that Devoured because it comes with dual chain fist, and a lot of people always put the same weapon on there. It's actually better to do two different weapons. So the and I learned this from somebody else. So the the loadout that uh, I feel is the best is actually chain fist thunder hammer. Yep. I have so you do chain fist on vehicles, and then you do thunder hammer on. Models with a toughness, or if you want to save a few few shekels, you can do power fist. Power chain. fist, yeah. yep. And you then it's just like it functions just like the dual chain fist, but yeah, you save same exact thing. Save five points. Giggity. So they also get the ravening madman, ravening madman special rule. So while they attack with their listed weapon skill, which is also used for particular tests they're called to make, they care nothing for their own defense in combat. So enemy models always hit them on a 3-plus in assaults. Models with a special rule can never be scoring units regardless of the provisions of the missions being played. Uh, so they're always going to get hit on a 3-up. Yep. It kind of sucks. It, it, it's yep. a pretty significant drawback. Yep. They also you have do not want to get punched in the face by other cataphracty that are just no. like basic dudes because they're only paying 35 points a guy and you're paying like what? Like fifty points a dude. This is no, no, no. Because the first five are two seventy-five. Yep. So by the time you factor, because the other ones are cheaper on the back end, they're roughly fifty points a dude. Yeah. Yeah. So five points a guy. Yep. So what ends up happening is you're just going to trade one for one, but they're trading a because you're both swipe. You're both swinging at initiative one. Um, they're using a power fist or whatever, so they're doubling you out. Your two wounds mean nothing. And they're hitting you on a three, and you're hitting them on a three, and you're just going to mutually kill each other. But they've only lost a 35-point model, and you've lost a 50-point model. Wah, wah, wah. So what that means for you tactically is you need to be careful what you charge these guys into. That means yeah. don't be a, a meathead and be like, oh, I'm going to charge them into a squad of fire drakes. You're not going to make your points back. But if you're smart, you charge them into, say, like jet bikes or... Imagine, you want to you avoid know, fire drakes like the plague because they're two wounds. Yeah. You're only doing one wound with your Smashy, power axes. So. And they they have a better invul save than you. And I would say fucking... You only hit them on fours because they're... I'd say 99% of the time that you fight fire drakes, they're going to have a fucking Primus Medicaid with them. The 1% of the time is if you play me, and I don't do that. Mm. (laughs) So, note to self. Be careful what you charge them into. They can eat up 500 points of a shitload of units a lot faster than they can eat up a single 500-point unit. That's a good rule of thumb with Red Butchers. Send them at the weaklings. No, don't send yes. them at the powerhouse. They'll fucking kill. Yeah, they'll pick off everything else. Just 
believe. But you don't. You want to keep him out of close combat with strength eight shit because that doubles out your two wound guy. You're just yep. canceling your your strength there, and you're and, and it's getting around their six up. Feel no pain. So you want to send them at things that are strength seven or less if possible. Um, yep. Yeah. Good advice, boys. Good advice. Uh, they also have the unstoppable charge rule, which means units comprised of the majority of models with a special rule may re-roll failed charge distances. Super good. Super fucking good. Very good. And what's rule. cool is it says units that are majority uh, models. So that means you can even throw a character in there that doesn't have that rule, but as long as you yep. know, got two red butchers for that one character, then you can still <clears> use the rule. <throat> even though they don't have it. Giving them effectively fleet. Very good. But it's better than fleet because fleet is every model and the unit has to have it. Yeah. All right. So the next special unit they get are rampagers. Uh, rampagers are infantry that have uh, power armor, bolt pistol. I'm chain with axe. Scott. Just uh, skip it. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I'm not playing, but go ahead. Don't worry. <laughs> so they have power armor, bolt pistol, chain axe, frag crack grenades. Uh, they can take a dedicated. Uh, Land Raider Phobos as a dedicated transport, or they can be equipped with jump packs. Uh, their special rules are Legion to start as world leaders. They have Feel No Pain 6-Up. They have Chosen Warriors, and they also have the Scout special rule. Uh, so these are 130 points. A single Rampager has a Weapon Skill, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 4, Toughness 4, 1 Wound apiece, Initiative 4, 2 Attacks, and Leadership 8, and a 3-plus save because they're Power Armor. Uh, the squad so can have... Yeah, they're basically Tactical Marines. Uh, any member of the squad can exchange their chain axe for a heavy chain sword for five points. Any member of the squad may exchange both their bolt pistol and chain axe for one of the one of the Kader weapons for ten points per model. Uh, so they get a slight discount on the Kader weapons. Uh, the squad champion may exchange their bolt pistol for a plasma pistol. The squad champion may exchange their chain axe for a power weapon, lightning claw, power fist. Uh, the squad champion may upgrade to artificer armor, and the entire squad can be equipped with jump packs for ten points apiece. Uh, the Chosen Warrior special rule means all Rampagers and squads can accept and issue challenges. So, uh, Ryan and Scott both do not like this unit. And this unit can be both elite and fast attack. So, something something to talk about for that. So, here's the thing. They don't score. Nope. And they're not <clears throat> any more, like, killy than fucking tactical guys. So, <clears throat> And they are not any tougher than tactical guys. And they're more, way more expensive than tactical guys. So I don't see how these guys do anything to help you win games. They're yes. very much like Pyroclass or fucking Ashen Circle or any of those other super shitty, don't understand why these rules are the way they are unit. Does the being able to like bring a Phobos for them help at all? No. No. No, not really. <laughs> no. Um, they are like... The models are, are cool and might appeal to some people, but like I said, there's no reason you can't take those models and use them for something else. Yeah, Don't use them as the sergeants, use them as like, weapon master vets, use them as so whatever. belligerent who's like, fucking, I must play this as rampagers. Like, you're not going to have a good time, man. Don't do it. Terrible. <laughs> the only thing I will say, so there, there are too many points for what they do, for sure, because they're, what, 135 for five? And then what, like 20 points? A, or 130 for five. Yeah. So 230 for a full 10-man squad. I mean, it's not great, 
but they're not pyroclast level bad where they're like 200 points for five guys that do fuck all. So if yeah. you're going to have five guys that do fuck all, you'd rather spend 135 on them than like 200 or whatever the fuck. If you were going to take 10 guys at 200 and whatever points and give them all meteor hammers, it's, it's a, swinging an initiative five. It might be okay, but you know. I still would rather, like, yeah. you can take a yeah. veteran squad, a 10 man veteran squad. I'd rather take almost anything else with those points. Yeah, a, a 10 man veteran squad is 160. Yeah. And they're going to have two attacks instead of only one attack. Can be weapon you can, masters. You can give them weapon master, make a weapon skill five. They're still the same points, and then you can take a fucking power weapon on every guy yeah. for the same points Chain that you can hit your weapons on these guys. Yeah. So I just they don't make any sense. Their rules are fine, but they need to be vastly <clears throat> cheaper. There has to be an upside to them because there's so many better alternatives to these guys. People are going to think I'm crazy, I guess, but I don't. These guys should cost the exact same as tactical marines because they don't score. They're tactical marines that give up. Yeah, um, it's a huge they give disadvantage. Up, huge. What's the fucking tactical rule where you get to shoot twice? I keep Fury of the Legion? Fury yeah, the Legion. <clears throat> they, give, they give up Fury of the Legion and the scoring so that they can gain scout. Yay. <laughs> yeah, So, but other than that, they're a tactical guy, so... I mean, they should cost like a tactical guy, and the fucking Kadir weapon should be five points. Boom, it's pretty done. crazy because a unit of ten is 155 points more than an assault squad if you were to give them chunk packs. So you're you're yep. paying an, an additional 155 points uh, for an additional attack, basically. And then feel no pain and scout. For what do you yeah. mean for oh, an additional yeah. attack? They're the same attack. They're one attack a guy, right? No, they're two attacks. Okay, so that's what they are. So they're like that. So that's the one thing they do have over a tactical marine is an extra attack. Yeah, scout ain't bad. Scout and then feel no pain six up. But I mean, there's a ton of ways yeah. to get that. But you can just throw an apothecary yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah, I still, I these guys should be right about tactical, like maybe like between tactical and veteran cost somewhere in there for ten dudes. Giggity. Well, that sucks. Poor Rampagers. Hopefully they get some love in the update. This should be like 140 or 150 or something like that for 10 dudes. They're up there. Or or get better rules or something. I don't know. <laughs> so the next special unit they get in the coming up in the HQ slot is going to be Centurion Shabandar. Shabrandar. Oh, white eyes. So, old wide eyes, the adjunct to the 11th assault company of the world eaters. For 115 points, you get an infantry character with power armor, bolt pistol, mastercrafted chain axe, fragging crack grenades. Uh, they have he has the independent character special rule legion Stardust world eaters. He has a feel no pain on his six up. He has rage hatred for traitor space marines, and he's also got the headhunter special rule. Uh, he comes with the warlord trait bloody handed, and we will. The warlord in a unit with Legion Star has a special rule. They join cause fear. So he'll cause fear. Uh, he's weapon skill 6, plus skill 5, strength 4, toughness 4, or 2 wounds, initiative 5, 3 attacks, leadership 9, and a 3 plus save because he has power armor. He can be upgraded to a jump pack for 20 points. Uh, the headhunter special rule means he 
took particular pleasure in slaughtering sergeants and officers, cleaving their heads off their shoulders and mounting them on spikes and railings for their traitorous brothers to find. When fighting in a challenge, uh, he gains the rending special rule. So, rending with his mastercrafted chain axe. Uh, he has hatred to traitor space marine, so he's re-rolling all ones to hit. And no, nope. he's rolling. Nope, no, no, no. He's re-rolling all misses in close combat in the first round. Oh, so yep, hatred does. I was thinking for an enemy. And then the, he does re-roll the ones to win because he's a world leader. Yep. So, so that so is he's your loyalist character. He is. How many points he is he? Be taking in a loyalist faction, 115. Yeah, he's cheap. He's a centurion, so he's not bad. He's not great, but he's cheap. So, like, if you wanted to run loyalist, you could throw him in an army just to like have your one loyalist character, and it's not a huge detriment. Yeah, and if you're playing like an Isfan three campaign style like thing going on, like a lot of people are, he's a very fluffy choice for that. Obviously, cause he was yeah, like one of the, the last loyalist world leader. Yeah, he's definitely not great just because of his close combat weapon it has no AP unless it's rending. You know in a challenge or whatever, but, or sorry, it's AP four. Cause it's a chain ax, but you know what I mean? He's, I kind of got a soft spot for all these loyalist world eaters. Cause in, uh, I think it was galaxy and flames when Angron made fucking planet fall in that storm bird and jumped out and shit. And Saul Tarvitz is like, fuck, I must go fight him. And the loyalist world eaters were like, listen, bro, you're out of your fucking element right now, Dotty. We gotta go take care of this. This dude is a psych. Like the the loyalist world leaders were always just so down. They weren't like all melancholy about getting betrayed. They were like, "Well, fuck you, buddy." It just yeah, like, look, man. This is a world leader problem. All right, <laughs> there's a world leader problem that we're gonna take care of. We're definitely gonna die. I, there's no I, doubt about that. But don't throw yourself. Don't throw yourself there's away. No doubt I'm gonna die horribly. This giant monster. But I, I made trying, Sean but... Freed convert up this white eyes guy. To get his closer patch, nice. <laughs> because all he had was traitor armies. That's all he had, and I'm like, no, dude. To get a gold patch, you have to have 2,500 points of loyalist, 2,500 points of traitor. But he's got like four fucking armies or something. So I'm like, tell you what, if you do a a, a shab whatever the guy's Shabber, name is, Shabrimbundus, Shabrimbundus, white eyes for your fucking world eaters. You can say technically that you can run a loyalist world leader army and here's my fucking loyalist only character to prove it and sneak your way into a gold patch so i made him that deal um and he did it so i know for a fact that there's one of these in the wild because sean has one the old sneaky pete <laughs> yeah you just give up so much stuff just going back real quick just just rewinding just a little bit uh red butchers are traitor faction only uh, yep. Rampagers can go in both, uh, but we've heard about how great <laughs> Rampagers are. And Shabrabundus uh, is loyalist only, so uh, you you do you do lose off your table. Uh, you do lose off your table. Um, Red, butchers. Red butchers when you go loyalist and the so. rage and the rage rule. You can't and take the, the rage, rage thing if you're loyal. Yep. Yeah. You have to take the really shitty rule that has a giant convoluted fucking paragraph so that it can work once every ten games. <laughs> you gotta fail your morale check, and then you have to lose assault, fail your morale check, not get swept, then rally, and then you get your special rule, and then you have to recharge something else in the game to benefit from said rule. And you also have to. It's super easy. What a super what easy fun bro. that is! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy. 
All so not much you can count on that. <laughs> yeah, it's shit. So let's talk about Karn the Bloody, who we actually did not talk about a lot in the discussion of the blood, the world eaters. But I feel like he played a him huge and part. his little oh, command yeah. squad are far and away the coolest part of Betrayer of the world eaters. Absolutely. I mean, let's be real. Lorgar is the coolest part of that book, but oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Latara Sarin is the coolest part of that book. Yeah, she's up there. Oh, God. I'm the only person on the planet that fucking hates Ursus Claus, and every time somebody likes it, I roll my eyes and keep like, have to fucking bite my tongue. <laughs> I'm so outnumbered. <laughs> They're so Just can't seem cool. to win these people over. It is mental retardation on the highest level, and I can't take it, but everybody else loves it. That drives me insane. Anyway, moving on. Oh man, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, hundred percent. Grappling hooks, bro. <laughs> holding people down. Giant harpoons. All right. So, Car and the Bloody, one hundred seventy points gets you an infantry character uh, with artificer armor, the Cutter, plasma pistol, frag and crack grenades, and an iron halo. He has a Legion started as War Leader special rule. He's independent character, Master of the Legion, Warlord's Pride, Rampage. He's marked by Dark Fates. He's got Legacy of Blood and Precision Strikes, and he can only be taken in a traitor faction. Uh, he's got a Weapon Skill 7, Bliss Skill 5, he's Strength 4, Toughness 4, 3 Wounds, Initiative 5, 4 Attacks, Leadership 9, and a 2-plus save. He's 170 points. Uh, his Warlord trait is Savage Assault. If he's the Army's Warlord, then his side gains plus 1 to any random roll to determine which side gets first turn, and also the Season Initiative if this feature is in the mission being played. Uh, Warlord's Pride. So if Karn is part of your army, then he will always be the army's warlord, regardless of leadership value of the other HQ choices. Uh, so he's always going to be warlord for you. Uh, he has the cutter. So Karn, like Karn will get the cutter, which is strength as user, which is strength as four, AP3, melee rending. He's also marked by Dark Fates. So the Fates hold in turning for War of Karn. In campaign games where the character casualties and injuries between battles are factor... Any such chart results for Karn may be re-rolled if he gets any sort of casualties or injuries in your campaign days. Yeah, all the characters from the from 40k get that. Okay. Oh, all the Karn, characters that are in 40k. Yeah, like Abaddon has that same yeah. as well. 10-4. All right, so Legacy of Blood. Uh, so as his Primarch's Ascendant to Madness, Karn came to command much of the Legion, though slowly fending off the insanity that infected them all. The mark of his custodianship was Gorechild, the weapon of the Primarch. So as long as Angron is not present in the army, Karn may exchange the Cutter, which is a sad axe, for Gorechild, the axe of Angron, for 20 points. Uh, Gorechild is plus one strength, so that'd be effectively strength five, AP two. It has melee, armor bane, murderous strike, and specials weapon, in addition to the precision strikes he also has. So, pretty brutal. Nice. Pretty nice. So it's four attacks. Plus, uh, yeah, pretty nice. It's pretty good. So yeah, like here's the thing. Karn yeah, like is really good with Gorechild, and he's shit without it. So take that as what it is. Yeah. <laughs> with Gorechild, take him. If you have Aunt Gron and you can't take Gorechild, no, sir. Leave him at home. That's if you're, obviously, if you're, like, that's tabletop rules. If you don't give yeah. a fuck, if you just want to run Karn because you think Karn's cool, run him with his fucking sling blade or whatever he's got there. He got it from Billy Bob. That's exactly what it looks like, too. 
It's just a lawnmower blade that he's yep. fucking wrapped some leather around one end of it. I mean, I don't want to tell you. And if, if fucking Angron's running around with fucking Gore Child, people aren't going to be that worried about Karn anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, Karn's they not a turtle warrior either, so when he <laughs> fights some fucking uppity, one-wound tactical sergeant with a power fist and then gets his fucking dick pulled off because he can't kill him with his shitty AP3 weapon, don't come crying to me. Yep. <laughs> don't come cry to this podcast <laughs> oh no this 35 point fucking sergeant and artificer armor I can't get through with my shitty AP3 sword punches me once with the power fist and I fail my me. <laughs> yeah he's got a, only got a 5 up save don't he four up. he's got an iron halo got an iron oh he has an iron halo, halo. Four up. okay there you go it's still not good. You better hope. Still, you want you want a fifty fifty of getting your dick pulled off by a tactical sergeant? I don't. <laughs> some fuck. Yeah. Some fuck who's been doing this for about five days. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't even got a name. All right. So those are all the characters from the Legion's book. Also in uh, book six, Retribution, they get another special character who's worth mentioning, Galen Serlak, the World Eater's master of inducti. So he's coming in hot at 110 points. He is an infantry with the Narthicarium Primus, a mastercrafted needle pistol, power axe, ref- ref- refractor field, frag and crack grenades, and I guess power armor. It's not on the list, but he has a three-up save. So he's got the independent character special rule, as well as Legion of Stardes, Master of Inducti, Exhortation of Butchery, Sacred Trust, and Support Officer. So, the Master of Inducti, or Inducti, uh, if he is taken, then any Legion tactical squads may be, de- may be designated as Augmented Inducti, having received benefits of Forbidden Medicaid lore. So, what this gives them is going to be a plus one strength and feel no pain six up, but they get a minus one to their Ballista skill and are no longer scoring units. So, they can only be joined by Serlac or other Apothecaries. No other independent characters may join them. No other characters may be assigned to them. And in addition, the opposing player earns no victory points for destroying them in missions where it's relevant. So he also gets the the Narthicarium Primus. So he confers feel no pain on a four up to any unit he has joined as well as to himself. Uh, any wounds caused any any you hang on any wounds caused by weapons against him or any unit he's joined with the poison special rule must be rerolled. So he's a little extra benefit against poison when <laughs> applicable. Uh, Sacred Trust. In missions where victory points are scored for destroying units, if he's within six inches of a friendly infantry or jump infantry unit wiped out by the enemy, then you roll a d6 and on a five up, uh, the player whose unit was destroyed also gains a victory point as well as the enemy. And as You know what's point, funny about that? What's up? It says in Duck D, when they die, they don't give up victory points. But then yeah. that rule over overrules it because it says if if that if you roll on that and you actually score it, then it gives you and your opponent a victory point. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it doesn't say that they have to be worth victory points. It says as no, long as it's it just says mission. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it straight says that both you and your opponent get a victory point. 
I mean, I wouldn't play it that way because it's obviously not meant to be played that <laughs> this way. This is but. definitely on the list of rules I never remember even exists. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> sacred thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never remember that shit. Anyway, so as a support officer, he cannot be a compulsory HQ. And the exhortation of butchery. Uh, if a model with this special rule has joined a unit of infantry with Legion of Stardis World Eater special rule, then they may, if they choose, activate this special rule at the start of any assault phase. So what this does is adds plus one to the attacks profile for the unit for the duration of the assault phase. But at the end of the assault phase, you roll a dice for each surviving model in the unit. And on a one, that model is slain and removed from play with no saves of any kind. But that has no effect on models with the character special rule. And he grants that to him, to himself and all apothecaries in the army. Yeah. Uh, himself, apothecaries, and any other Primus Medicaid, if you're able to work them in. Yep. How do you feel about this guy? Any, he seems pretty. He's way good. too cheap for what he's he does. He's broken as fuck. He <laughs> yeah. is broken as fuck. Is he like 130 or some fucking? It's 110 points. Yeah. For a frame of reference, if you buy just just a regular Primus Medicaid and give him it's a 95. power axe, that is 110 points. Yeah. So, right there. So you're getting that it's super fucking juiced up, filling up pain shooter, a master crafted one, a needle pistol, a power axe, and a refractor field, and that exaltation of butchery shit all on a guy who is and a fucking four up feel no pain instead of a yeah, 110 points. So. Yeah, yeah, he should be. He's like probably 75 points too cheap. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so if you're converting up an apothecary, make sure he's got that special name. Because he's pretty damn good. Yep. May or may not have one. <laughs> so, All right. I, now on to... Pretty high on the priority list. <laughs> <laughs> now on to the Slaughter of Nations, the Red Angel, the Undefeated, the Master of the World Eaters. The main man himself. Reboot Killament, not playing. <laughs> the Primarch Angron. So, Angron comes in at a whopping 400 points. Uh, he's weapon skill 9, ballistic skill 5, strength 7, toughness 6, 5 wounds, initiative 7, 6 attacks, leadership 10, and he's got a awesome 3-up save for his armor. Oh, nice. yeah. Fucking great. Only Primarch with a 3-up. Yeah. Awesome. So he is one unique character. Uh, he's got the armor of Mars. He's got the Gore Father and Gore Child. He's got the Spite Furnace, and he's got Butcher's Nails and Frag Grenades. He can only be taken in a traitor faction. His special rules include the Primarch rule, which gives him independent character, Eternal Warrior, Fear, Adamantium Will, Fleet, Fearless, It Will Not Die, Master of the Legion, and Precision Strikes and Precision Shots. He also has a red sand special rule. The side of the world, sire of the world years. He's bulky and he's got hatred for everything. Uh, the red sand special rule means in any given turn, which Angron may call and fight as many challenges as there are enemy independent characters and units in combat with him, up to his current number of attacks. Pull out the challengers, challengers, and fight them in a sequence as desired by Angron player, and the challenge as part of the fight subphase. Angron must divide his attacks between them and must devote at least one attack to each challenge he fights in. So that's you pick it out. Says in it, it says he can only do that with characters or independent characters. Read that again. Enemy independent uh, enemy, characters, any characters and only. units. And units in combat. So if you have a unit where everybody can accept a challenge, he still only can allocate one challenge to the unit. 
Yeah. But if you have like okay, so even if it's a full unit point. of chosen warriors, he can only he can't challenge every single model in the unit. Right. But if yeah. it's like a okay. unit, like if he's in base to base with two units and they each have an independent character, he can throw a challenge into unit A, unit B, and both characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, he also has a Sire of the World Eaters. Angron has the Furious Charge special rule and Feel No Pain 6-up. In addition, when making consolidation moves after combat, he must always do so by moving towards the nearest enemy unit. All allied World Eater unit with Legion of Stardust within 12 inches of Angron are fearless. So, he also has the insane Armor of Mars which mean Angron's armor is a modified form of Gladiator armor in which he fought as a slave and offers him a 3-plus armor save and a 4-plus invulnerable save. Neat. Nice. I expected a little more of the armor of Mars, but... Yeah. Not worth a fuck, but <laughs> moving on. Yeah. He also has Gore Father <laughs> and Gore Child. These archaic matched chain axes are among the most potent weapons known among the relics of the Primarchs. And are all made from made more deadly by Angron's consummate skills as a fighter. They give Angron plus one attack. This has already been included in his profile and the following weapon profile. So Gorefather and Gorechild are plus one strength. They're AP two. They're melee armor brain, and they have murderous strike. So that is bumping him up to strength eight with armor. Then on charge nine because he has furious charge. Yeah. So strength nine, armor bane, whenever you're charging in there, beating up some tanks. Pretty brutal. Nice. Or knights. Knights don't like him so much. (laughs) Yes. You know what I you know what you know who so here's here's the thing with him. He's only got five wounds. He's one of two Primarchs with five wounds. Yep. Um he also like he only has that three up armor save. Yep. So he's if he's on his own, if you can get rid of his bodyguard unit, he's very fucking easy to kill with just weight of fire with bolt guns or heavy bolter. Well, who am I kidding? You can't kill anything with a heavy bolter. Um no. <laughs> Whoa, uh, just, little, that's a bold statement, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys get what I'm saying. Like he's he can you can whittle him down with weight of fire if you can get some shots in on him. He's not yep. that fucking hard to kill. However, there is a right of war we're going to talk about later where if you couple this fella with good old Gala and Serlac like we talked about earlier that you're dealing with a whole different box of fucking bear claws coming at you. Yeah, so. yeah. He ends up with three up, feel no pain. Yeah, uh, not, not, not what you want. Hey, no. Nah. All set. Yeah. Then he's a three up, three up, just like a fucking shield yeah. captain and it's a bad day. Time to fucking pack it in, boys. Yeah. So. I'm gonna head back to the ships. Yeah. No, that then you just you fucking play Salamanders and you play Cass and Dracos and you just tie him up in combat the whole game because he's immune to armor bane and Angron's <laughs> only fucking strength eight after the we first shall round. Stand here and he's armor fourteen. So you just fucking stand there and go clang, 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 clang on each other and nothing happens. <laughs> Things get wild. So he's also got the spite furnace, which means Angron carries a mastercrafted plasma pistol known as the Spite Furnace. It's a rad name for a plasma pistol, I guess. Yeah. So Car- Karn gets that later, too, if I remember right. I think Karn, that's Karn's plasma pistol from 40K. Hmm. 
He also has the Butcher's Nails. For every independent character and for treatment of any type wiped out or destroyed in combat with Angron, he gains plus one to his attack characteristic for the rest of the game to a maximum of ten. Note that Angron himself must inflict the final blow or remove the last model from a target to claim the bonus. So, as long as he wipes out that last infantry model in any unit, he can keep on going, baby. It's pretty hard to do, seeing how you're initiative six, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, stand back. Stand back. <laughs> yeah, Turns out I was putting for you fucks, but all right. <laughs> okay, so anything you want to say about Angron besides anything that hasn't been said? He's a pretty good primer. Yep. He's not bad. Does that fearless bubble, you know, to all world eaters within 12 inches, that's really good. That's like a pretty underrated thing, I think. Yep. I dig it. All right. That's exactly what it says. Yeah. So let's go on to their rights of war. So the first right of war that you're going to see in, on page 53 of the Age of Darkness book is going to be the Berserker Assault Right of War. Uh, so the effects of this are all models in the... They get Berserker Charge, so all models with the World Year Special Rule subject to the Right of War gain the Hatred Special Rule while outside of their own deployment zone and must always attempt to make sweeping advances if able. Uh, so they get powerful Hatred, which is what... Yep, Scott was alluding to earlier. If yes. you take the Blood Madness, they already have to fucking make sweeping advance, and you should always sweeping yep. advance anyway. So you have to sweeping advance, and then sweeping advance <laughs> when you should sweeping advance. Fucking yeah. Forge World is so obsessed with that, and it's so pointless. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're running. No wait, <laughs> let them go. <laughs> Let them yeah. leave. We like, shall stand here would you, and fire would you, snapshot. Would you, like to roll, would you like to roll off for me? And if you tie or win, I just remove my whole unit and you can do it for free with no drawback? Nah, I don't think I want to do that. Just It's like in an MMA fight, if you knock the guy down and you had the chance to like jump on or try to do a sweet backflip, you went for the sweet backflip first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes. If you're gonna do that, you better know what you're doing. Wow. Yeah, I have never heard anyone. Yeah, hey, would you like to attempt a sweeping advance? And somebody went, Nah, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't know why they're so obsessed with fucking putting that in as like a drawback or a thing. Doesn't make any sense. But anyway, uh, so they also have the effects called the Unstoppable Wave. All models of the Legion start as worldly special rule. Subject to this right of war, must re-roll failed pinning test and must re-roll the run results of a one. You have to. Yeah. You can't choose not to. Yeah. So if you really want to run one inch, I'm sorry, man. Tough. Tough shit. Try again. So. There are limitations or the drawbacks of this. Attachments use this right of war must take additional compulsory troop choice in addition to that usually required on the force organization chart. So that means you got to take a whole other troop choice. Uh, detachment using this right of war may not take more vehicles than the tank or flyer type than they have infantry units in this detachment. Uh, so that's something to, that's a huge thing to keep an eye on, especially if you're taking uh, dedicated transports. Detachments using this right of war may only take a single console as part of their HQ choice and may not take a librarian. So that's a that's a huge drawback right there, actually. Uh, so only one console choice. And 
Primary detachments use this rod of war may not take a fortification or other Space Marine Legion allied detachments. So. Any of you guys running Berserker Assault right now? If if I were to run this, I think it's best suited for games like Zone Mortalis or, or Centurion. You're naturally going to be taking a lot of infantry and not a lot of vehicles. Um, that being said, it's not like unplayable, I don't think. It's not bad, but the other one is far it's like so Fuck far. Is the other one good, man? Holy yeah, they, their other right of war is far superior to this with not near as bad of drawbacks. It's, um, it's like this, man. You can be a fucking BMW, like brand new, shined up, balling out of control in a garage, but if parked right next to you is a McLaren, your tits are just going to look smaller no matter what you do in life, man. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just how it works. Um, yeah. So it's okay. The other right of war is far superior. And this right of war, like I said, it's, it's really just kind of okay. Like it's not, it's not bad. There are generics that are, I feel that are better than it. Um, and then the other, the other Legion specific right of war to me is far superior. Um, but it's okay. I mean, I've, hatred's a good rule, but I mean, you're already like super tooled for close combat anyway. So you're just like, you're not really adding. I mean, you're adding something, but you're adding something to your strength that's already a strength. It's mm. fair enough, man. Yep. It's, that's nicely put, and especially when you have the and you can, of the other right of war. You can also, you can also, you know, take chaplains to fucking get hatred anyway. Like on certain units. So what's the point? I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because so, Angron, Angron has hatred. Red Butchers have hatred. You can take chaplains that give you hatred. It's pretty easy to get in world leaders anyway. Hey, here's a question. Does the hatred Angron gives you transfer over to the squad he gets attached to? Um, I do not know. I, I think I, it's, it's let's a very, do what hatred does. No, because really. he has hatred. We'll just have to look and see if hatred confers. So I can look real quick. <sighs> Opening rule book now. So I've looked we're... at it in the past and I don't know what to think. So uh, I will ask more people. So Here we go. Hatred. this rule is often presented as hatred X. Uh, if the special rule does not apply to a type of foe, blah, blah, blah. This can refer to a faction, blah, blah. Uh, a model striking hatred foe in close combat re-rolls all failed to hit rolls during the first round of each close combat. So it's model for model. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it doesn't confirm. No. No, it does not. Bummer town. All right, Crimson Path. Let's talk about that. That's what we were talking about. That's the other Rat of yes, War that we've sir. been alluding to. I believe this one's also from Retribution. It's also in the uh, the Generic Legions book. So uh, Crimson Path, what that gives you is going to be Forlorn Hope. All infantry models in this No, nah, that's are... in the rulebook. It's in the new rulebook. Oh, okay. Is this the right Berserker one? Assault. Berserker Assault is in the Legion Red Book. Yep. This right of war is in book six or the rule book. Well, it's also in the uh, the like Legion book for the book for everybody. 
not the Legion specific nope. book. I'm looking nope. at it right now in the. I swear oh, it's not. The... You're on the online one, not the printed one. Okay. Maybe it oh, is okay. in the on the. Maybe it is in the digital one. It's not in the printed one. I don't think. Oh, I didn't realize they were different. Anyway, so this one gives you forlorn hope. All infantry models in the army with the Legions of Stardis World Eater special rule have the, have the feel no fate, feel no pain special rule, while within the enemy's deployment zone. Models that already have feel no pain improve their roll by plus one to a maximum of three up. So this is what we're saying with Gallon Serlac, where he confers that four up, and this will boost it to a three up if you're in the deployment zone. It also gives you uh, unto death. Independent characters with the Legions of Stardis World Eater special rule gain the it will not die special rule while within the enemy's deployment zone. And they enemy or enemy independent characters, sorry, that already have the special rule. Goddamn Tito Ortiz, learn to read. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I've been eating all these jalapeno poppers. Uh, independent characters that already have the special rule improve the role by plus one to a maximum of four plus. But the limitations of this rule in missions where the attrition and or line breaker secondary objectives are in play, the opposing player earns an additional victory point for each of these objectives. The world leader player does not fulfill a detachment making use of this right of war may not include any immobile units or units with the slow and purposeful special rule and detachments using this right of war may not take fortifications or any space Marine allied detachments. Yeah. Those drawbacks are basically nothing because there's nothing yep. in Heresy that has so purposeful that I'm aware of because that Cataphract used to have it and they got rid of it. Um, so there's I don't think there's anything left with so purposeful and immobile only means tarantulas and militia artillery cannons and I believe that's it. I think those are the two immobile units. <laughs> so don't take those two units that are obscure that you wouldn't take anyway. And you're good. And you're good. And the reason this works the reason this works so well is all you have to do is get in your enemy deployment zone and you fucking get feel no pain off the chain. So what happens is you just throw all your shit in dread claws or charybdises or whatever. I mean, even if you put them in just... Depending on the way the deployment zones are, so say you play Ambush. I mean, Ambush, if the enemy ends up in the middle, you only mm. start fucking 12 inches away anyway, and it's pretty easy to stay in that like giant fucking mosh pit in the middle. Or if you play Table Quarters, you're only 18 inches away, so it's fucking turn... T like, even in a transport or whatever, turn two on, you're going to be in their deployment zone if you're playing World Leaders correctly. So... It's pretty fucking easy to achieve, especially with drop pods. It's like, oh, look, I just start here. Awesome. And then you have to shoot them out of a fucking jinky Surprise. drop pod. <laughs> then once you get them out, it's like, well, like, I hope you got a lot of strength eight. Because if you don't, I'm getting these fucking crazy feel no pain saves even on basic bitch tactical guys. Like, no one wants to see that shit. It's so bad. Start eating their way across your fucking deployment zone, man. Like, if you have vets with melted bombs and chain axes and shit. And they get blown. Even if you blow up the fucking anvilus when it comes in, it's, it's an assault vehicle. So they're still going to assault you next turn and kill just whatever the fuck they want, pretty much. Yeah, so. it's pretty ugly. It's hard to deal with. So you kind of the the ways to counter it if you play if you're like if 
you're lucky enough to be playing something like Armored Breakthrough or whatever, and you get the first turn, just drive the fuck like crazy out of your deployment zone, and then it shuts that shit down because it's like, oh, cool. If you want to go hang out over there, that's fine. I'll be over here, like not too worried about it. So, or if you play like Lucas's Jet Bike Army or something like that, where you can get the fuck out of your deployment zone and you don't really need to be there, you're good to go. Um, unless you're playing like missions with objectives you got a bunch of objectives in your deployment zone and you're gonna have to... <laughs> but uh so <laughs> it, there it, it can be countered but it takes very specific army builds to counter it if that makes sense oh yeah like your traditional style armies just like your standard like what a lot of people you see playing where it's just like i got dudes and rhinos or like i got some fucking heavy weapons teams and this and that they're in trouble, especially the people who try to build gun lines and they take like, I'm going to take all these fucking Medusas and quad mortars and all this bullshit and pile it back here. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you're married yeah, to that shit, bro. You spent 50% of your fucking points on something that can't really move. And then when I put all these drop pods back there, you can either take half your army and abandon this shit to get eaten or fucking, you know, keep yourself on a leash tied to this fucking shit that you took and now you're married to. And then just get your whole army slaughtered. So that's your choices. So good luck with that. So it just it's it's pretty matchup dependent. But I mean the drawbacks are so small on this. Like it it's you know, it's not really that big of a drawback, to be honest. And then it encourages you to build your list in such a manner where you have apothecaries and all your fucking units anyway. So even if your opponent does do all this shit and get out of the deployment zone, you're still going to have a, th- a, f- a yeah. five up or four up feel no pain on your guys anyway. In that fun little exaltation of butchery rule, even if they charge you, like let's say your unit gets charged, you can still bump yourself up to an attack at least, just like you had just charged them, and still be swinging at the best most other legions can even fucking hope for. So that's really good. And, like, one of my favorite things is to take, oh, you know, let's say 15 tactical marines, put a Praetor, a Primus Medicae, and a Chaplain in a Charybdis with those 15 guys with chain axes. And then you roll on your personal Warlord trait table. Well, if you get counterattack, and if by some miracle of God someone actually pulls off a charge on you during that, during that game or whatever, you can go Exaltation of Butchery and have counterattack. And you're still plus two attacks versus their one when they charge you. You're still going to kill them all. So, yeah, brutal. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking. You you have to have a army that can maneuver to deal with this. It's very very important you do so. Like either you have to have that, or you have to have like fire drakes and Spartans. That they're dropping in on, or custodes, or custodes. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't you mean that. Shoot me when you see me coming to the game hall with my army. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I won't be able to play. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, old I'm not, switcheroo. I'm not, I'm not taking another fucking shot at devil. custodes. So whatever. All I'm stating is, world eaters where they excel is close combat. So if you like Scott said, like, like fire drink shit like that. If you're if you're actually like in the rare situation where you're put into where the army you're facing is actually better at close combat than you, you're absolutely fucked. You're yep. just totally fucked. It's like yep. it's like when you played 
people who, uh, like me, used to play 40K or whatever, it's like when you took orcs or fucking Tyranids that were supposed to be, like, these, like, your whole fucking thing is to be good in close combat. Snippy. Like, or- orcs was the worst, because it's like, like, orcs, it's like, the only thing I'm good at is close combat, and then I gotta fight Tyranids, which somehow managed to be better than me in close combat, and be better than me in shooting, and you got more fucking models. So I'm like, I don't know what happened over there at Games Workshop. <laughs> like, this is an impossible matchup. It's like, you're never gonna win this game. You just can't. Doesn't matter, like, what you do. There's no good tactical matchup, and that's what ends up happening. So, like, if you play world eaters and you end up facing off against custodes, maybe just go like ask the person if they want to go get a beer or whatever, and then just mark fucking full points on their sheet and move on with your life. Like, don't put yourself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that sucks so much. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but it's like, hey man, I've, had, I've literally had people go. I play fucking world eaters and I keep getting my dick kicked off by custodes. What do I do? Start a new legion and Sorry, play man. this like, list that I wrote. This fucking sacrificial offering list. That's the only advice I can fucking give you. Like I don't you're not like not to pile on the fault. custodes talk, but I mean <laughs> fucking uh Cody Cody, one of our locals, man, he plays this like really assault heavy blood angels army that's like really good in assault like it's like super tiered like it's a fun army to play <laughs> and like he was basically like running train on anybody that would play him in our in our like in our slow grow and he'd just be like oh yep i'm here with my jump pack dudes we're fighting like i'm i'm murdering you right now and you're just like damn dude this guy's really good <laughs> and then we go to that uh we go to the citadel event <laughs> he fights custodes he's like Fuck. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't do anything. How'd that work out for him? How'd that assault work out for him? <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Just like yeah. death. Hey, spoiler alert! If you're still playing custodes at this point, you know what the fuck you're doing at this point. So, just accept your. Criticism. I wasn't. I wasn't even trying to take it there. I was just saying <laughs> because you're so tied into assault with world leaders, you just yeah. have. To careful like if you run into an army like i said that just has better assault than you you're kind of in trouble um deep shit yeah the only things that will really fuck your world up like scott alluded to like fire drakes you kind of need to fucking steer clear of them if you can use whatever shooting you have if you do if you are going to fight fire drakes like try to like multi-assault them with like several of your fucking units into that one fire unit it's better to bog them down with a big ass unit of like i said like 18 tactical marines with a primus medicaid and a it doesn't well, matter that won't do any they're all straight they are not gonna get chaplain you know it's fearless. better to bog them down with more bodies than it is with like red butchers because they'll just fucking club red butchers yeah. straight to death. well you'd be better like you'd be better off just throwing a bunch of weight of attacks like if you had like a couple big 20 man tactical blobs even that though, you're not likely to fucking kill them. It's really like Scott said. It's better just to like go you know, feed them one unit at a time and hope that they're fucking fearless, type of thing. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, rock and roll. So, any uh, rights of war that outside of this Crimson Path right of war that's like very good. Any rights of war you suggest for them other than. Drop, yeah, assault, drop, drop assault, drop assault, Vanguard. Vanguard. <laughs> yeah. 
anything that gets him there faster, it sounds like. Yeah, that's good. I think Armored Spearhead would be cool because you get Land Raiders as dedicated. So obviously you could just take a bunch of fucking tactical dudes with Chain Axe, Bolt Pistol, throw them in Land Raiders for cheap. Like, the guys are cheap. The Land Raiders aren't fucking cheap. But it'd be kind of fun. It'd be fluffy and fun. Uh, Orbital Assault, just normal Orbital Assault would be pretty fluffy and fun. I've seen people do that. Um, I think that once Drop Assault Vanguard came out, I think... People that were playing Orbital Assault probably switched to Drop Assault Vanguard, but I mean, both it's still viable. Uh, both lists would be fun. Uh, Pride of the Legion, obviously, like you could run Red Butchers and normal Terminators and Veterans as troops, and you're getting fucking, you know, hatred and all those free chain axes and shit. Your vets end up being what? They're fucking two base two for the charge, two close cups, so five, and then if you put a fucking apothecary in there, you can get them up to six at strength five. We Turns roll out one. that's a lot. Yeah, Turns it's, out. it's fucking 60 attacks on 160-point unit. Well, plus the apothecary. It's 205-point unit. It's still fucking yep. cheap. At strength five, re-rolling one's wound. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that's just a couple off the top of my head. I think it's pretty much the ones you'd want to run. I've seen yeah. uh, I've seen somebody run the jet bike one, which is interesting. I don't know how world leader that is, but it's kind of funny because jet bikes are they do come with a bolt pistol chainsaw, so you get the chain axe for free. You're dual armed, so on the on the charge you're still what, four attacks, four attacks, and then yep. they, everybody still has a heavy bolter, and everybody has a two up armor safe, and everybody has melted bolts. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> In Hammer Wrath, so you're fucking, yeah. you're doing. And you can work. you can put apothecaries on bikes, even though they're not on jet bikes. They can still attach and still keep up to give them the fucking feel no pain and the exultation. So it's kind of a crazy army. I don't know how fluffy it is, but it's hilarious. <laughs> May have got a six man squad of those floating around in the cut somewhere. So yeah, well, yeah, what? Like I'm not saying like one squad. Like I just don't know about a whole fucking ride of war. Yeah. With a bunch of world leaders on <laughs> it's jet a bikes. Bunch of psychos on fucking crotch rockets yeah. fly I, through the air. <laughs> I can't imagine like how that would be like It's a very metal army for sure. That's yeah. fucking very metal. That's uh, like Mad Max Meatloaf, Spat Out of Hell, fucking album cover. <laughs> metal. Um but I mean yeah, I mean I wouldn't like be opposed to playing against something like that or whatever. I was just saying like it's something crazy I saw that was effective. I mean that is effective. So wow, <laughs> they're still blitz skill four. I mean, it's still like if you're really looking in on it, they're still they can still shoot technically. They just they're just better at other things. We checked, and they are in fact still space marines. Yep. Well, they're they're relentless on a bike. So if you're not jinking, you're still going to be unloading a heavy bolter into them and then assaulting in, then doing hammer of wrath, then doing four attacks at strength five. And then if you have that attached apothecary, you can, you know, exalt them. I don't know that I would, I'd be a little careful with fucking giving them an extra attack and just losing like a fucking 35 point bike on the roll of a one. But, um, you can, I mean, it's pot, you can do it. But the fact that every single fucking model in your army can end up with a two up armor save and melt a bombs and a heavy bolter and be relentless. And it's pretty ridiculous. And then move it jet bike movement, and then still be fucking four attacks. It's pretty funny. Definitely screaming madman. I think you probably sold multiple people 
listening to this podcast on that exact arc. My, Lucas, I've Lucas just ordered about a twenty more the, jet bikes. Real quick though, the my favorite has to be unit. infantry. Oh, it has to be infantry. Okay. Well, you like I said, you wouldn't want to do it on jet bikes anyway. But you could do the apothecary to get the feel no pain in there. Okay. Um. So, anyway, uh, my favorite sleeper unit for world eaters is the attack bikes. We've talked about it several times on the show. My favorite sleeper unit form. Go and explain it to the new users. The new listeners. So, so attack bikes are two attacks base, and then they have bolt pistol, uh, chain sword. So that's three attacks, but then with world eaters, they go to... I'm doing this wrong. They're two base on the profile. They have Nick two close combat weapons. Yeah, so they're five. They're five attacks on the charge, if they're world eaters, per bike. And then they do Hammer of Wrath. Um, and then they also, because they're a bike with two riders, you get to shoot two weapons. So you can shoot your combi bolter plus whatever heavy weapon you got. So when you get within charge, like I like the multi-melt on there. So you can shoot, you can double tap with a twin link bolter. So that's two strength four shots. Then shoot a strength eight multi-melta. Then charge and do a hammer of wrath hit and then do five attacks afterwards. And then they can all take melta bombs. You can put melta bombs on every guy. Damn. I don't see where you could go wrong with that. No, and it's not a super expensive unit. I think a unit with melt bombs on every guy and multi melters on every guy is like two seventy five, something like that for a full five man unit. They're two wounds per bike and they're tough five, so they're pretty hard to double out. You can throw a, a pop carry on a bike in there. I think he's like sixty five points. And give them all feel no pain. Then you could put your fucking Praetor on a bike in there with them and give them some extra hitting power or whatever, or just a cheaper Centurion. It's a pretty nasty unit. And then he's just rolling around just with all these bikers soaking up all these wounds, possibly jinking. Just stupid. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, rock and roll, man. Sleeper, sleeper, sleeper unit for the world eaters. Some of that hot tech. That hot tech. Well, that's it. That's all we got for world eaters, man. I think this was a fantastic breakdown from you fellas. Like, I uh, every time hey, we do one of these episodes, I always think to myself, like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, should be, should be sometime around the last quarter of this year, I'll have my fucking World Eaters chess piece tattoo done. So, boom, fucking throw that bitch up online. Hell yeah. Wow. Tattoo so, progress. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was about to say something really mean and triggering. I'll wait until after the episode. And... <laughs> Beautiful. All right, guys. So once again, this was a Legion episode. This is not how our standard episodes work. If you want to catch our standard episodes, go and drop back. Uh, have fun with it. You know, go check out all of our different stories that we have people call in with. Um, this is going to be. Well, a specialized episode that we have, the World Eater episode. Uh, we appreciate you if you're a new listener coming in, but as always, uh, we do appreciate our old listeners who are listening in. Uh, if you could give us a rating on iTunes, we'd appreciate it, as well as uh, check out our Facebook page. We have a number of updates and things that we post on there. Uh, here recently, we just got done doing the 10 points a day, 30-day challenge for painting. A whole bunch of people just posted up all their models on there. Uh got 300 points painted 
in the course of a month, which, you know, powerful Cody donated all the prize support fucking for easy. That. I painted painted one battle mech today. It's 1,867 points. Shit, Man's all over that point. <laughs> painted five <laughs> months worth of models. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, guys, go check that out. We also have a Patreon if you want to support us. A dollar an episode gets you into our closed group and closed chat. It's a good time. It's a lot of fun. So if you want to check that out, definitely appreciate you guys. Anything else you guys want to say before we go? Um, People always ask, when are you going to get to X Legion, this Legion, whatever? We're going in numeric order of Legion number. So this Legion was 12, so... We're going to do the Ultramarines, folks. And we'll be doing them next. So, But not next episode because we got to catch up. Don't email us and say, Are you guys doing Raven Guard next? Because we will not be doing Raven Guard next. No. They are not the 13th Legion. Every email we get like that, we will. We put it off for another episode. We'll put it off for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) So the way it works is. Sorry, all you Alpha Legion players. I know it's rough out there. All you people who sent in emails this episode. We're sorry, but you know that we got to catch up and do them all next episode. We got stories, we got voicemails, we've got all sorts of stuff this episode that I we just didn't stop, stack a shit right here. Stack a list, everything. So when we take a break to do these Legion episodes, shit stacks up, man. It's like it, it backs up. So we got it. Like we can't do these Legion episodes nonstop because then we'll miss out on all this cool content that we're getting flooded into our emails. So. We, we next episode absolutely has got to be a normal episode where we talk about some stuff and we do some fun things uh but the, le- the at least you're looking at at least one more episode in between us and the next legion episode which would be the 13th legion which would be the ultramarines the fighting 13th and if you send us an email asking what a next legion when we're gonna do raven guard <laughs> we're we're gonna push it we're gonna do a normal episode and then we're gonna do a tribute episode to <laughs> to, to the normal to episode we just did. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna redo we're gonna redo World Eaters, <laughs> and then going straight over to Militia. So, anyway, y'all have a good one, guys. We'll go and kick you off to some music. Appreciate you listening, and you have a good one. Bye.
or also your soul. <sighs> Maybe I could just stay the same forever.